Welcome back to the All Really Pod, everybody. Very excited for ARP 10. We are 10 episodes deep. Everybody say hello to Brittany. Nick, that's your cue. Yeah. He's oh. a little free <laughs> And you guys may or may not remember Nick. I don't know how you wouldn't, but mm-hmm. Nick is back with us. How you doing? I'm doing good. Let's get I don't some think beers. I've ever seen you so excited about... And then again, when I usually did see you, you were really unhappy, so I guess that kind of, that kind of all makes sense. Yeah, we used to work, uh, we all, well, we, there was a time when we were all working as servers in the same restaurant, but yes. Nick's the only one that survived that. Survive is a good, survive is a good word to use there. Are you really surviving? <laughs> this is the question. I'm surviving. Yeah, well, everyone liked you. You never did anything wrong. I'm really bad at. Really I'm really bad at beer. You're bad at beer. And my brother used to work in a brewery, and I'm still really bad at beer. What do you mean you're bad at beer? I like don't know. I can. I'll drink them, but there, there are too many varieties of like. There's a specific kind, and then there's multiple varieties within that one kind, and it's just, it's too much to. Too much to follow. Yeah, and it's really hard because when you think about it, like no one, no one really preps you for how to drink when you get older. I don't know. <laughs> okay, no one ever prepped me for how to drink. Being, I was being bred to, bred to drink. I knew how to drink wine, being Italian, and that was in my family. There you go. But, and being a girl in my family, so no one ever told me how to drink beer. And then my brother went to work for a brewery in New Hampshire, and it was like, oh, I'll tell you some stuff, but my brother doesn't really drink. He so works still... in a brewery, but he doesn't drink? Wait, wait, where does he work? Does he work at Sam Asbury? No, he used to work for um, Smutty Nose in New Hampshire. Oh, thanks. Smutty oh, I got a cozy. Great. We're so classy huh. here. Look at this. Yes, the beer koozies from safeandgentletattooremoval.com. We will be at the Inked Out and J uh, Tattoo Convention at the Meadowlands, September 9th to the 11th. So come out and get some free stuff. You got to do it, man. So, Brittany is the founder of Connect and Flow Yoga. I am. How is that going? It's going. It's. I didn't know you were a yogi. Yeah. Um, it's new, too. So, I kind of got dropped into a, like, going into a yoga certification teacher training after school ended. And when I was there, it was the most eye-opening experience that you could possibly go through. In five weeks. And, How so? Like, well, you learn about a lot about not only like the physical practice and like the poses and everything, um, but you learn about the philosophies, and that is really eye-opening, especially for someone that comes from a very religious household. Ooh, never, know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, and never really wanting to follow suit in that religion. Yep. Or religions, really, because there are two in my house. And oh, okay. Religions in your house? Yeah, my fa- well, my last name's Cohen. My dad's Jewish. My mother's devoutly Catholic, so I have to be raised Catholic. And then I hit fourteen and started to question everything that was happening Fuck in religion. That. And yeah, and I didn't know where to go from that. And then it was just like a lot of built up resentment. And 
if anything, yoga just like opened my eyes to seeing that there's more than just what religion is supposed to be. Oh, you're in the right place. Uh, yeah. Mm. I did well with this guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so that kind of that was a big deal for me, seeing that there was more than just what I was being told about, and I could get to pick what I would want to follow and believe in, and kind of just making that opportunity out there for everybody and helping people find like happier and healthier versions of themselves and not only like their physical forms but mental forms too very nice awesome yeah, that's the game i mean plan. that's the that's the overall goal yeah so and i think that there are too many like at this point in your life like when you start to realize why am I not feeling good about myself all the time? Like, I don't want to have to... I shouldn't just feel good about myself during these times of the day, or I shouldn't... When you're fucked to, up, right, or... Right, right. <laughs> tell me I feel... Like, that I should feel shitty about myself, and... I've been doing a lot of thinking about... Like, I do a lot of thinking about what's going on in society to begin with. But just knowing that the first step in being able to survive in this world is having a healthy mind. Definitely. Absolutely. So... so and religion will, uh, yeah, let's yeah, cheers, cheers to ARP cheers 10, to, to yoga, yes. to philosophy, to fuck religion. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'll drink to that any day. Yeah. So, uh, so you, how long were you still like in religion before you realized, like, I'm not dealing with this shit? Oh, I, okay, so I had my confirmation. It was like following the path, and yeah. now I still have that whole, like, looming over me, well, if you don't get married in a church, then you're not completing <laughs> your, like, you're not becoming a real member as an adult of the church, blah, 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 and it, when I, when I got into high school, and of course it's always like the theory of evolution, and like all those things mm-hmm. that make you question everything you learned when you were little, and I started to question science, and I started to question how science related to what I was learning through religion, and then from there, it was just, I don't think that this has to be right or wrong, and I don't think that has to be right or wrong. I have the right to be able to question everything and just pick and choose what I want to believe and follow in. And I always knew, like, there was there was a way for me to have faith and have hope in something without it being so strict. And when I found yoga, that just kind of solidified that idea for me. Because Weird. in yoga, you get to pick and choose what you want to... Like, the, the Hindu philosophies, like, it's all stories, it's all this over this overarching umbrella of all these ideas that you get to choose what you want to follow. Right. And just opening, really opening yourself up to the possibilities instead of saying, this is just what's going to happen and this is what you have to believe in. That's, uh, yeah, that's just, that's really what we uh, at all really are trying to do. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, you heard it here from a professional <laughs> yoga teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> believe nothing except that anything is possible it's just yeah. so simple and that's the hardest thing is like our generation we we've been growing up with so much like media involvement and in everything that we do like even with everything going on in our country right now all the things that we talk about and the things that we perpetuate are information that we get from the media like how do we know that we can trust exactly what they they're just, saying they tell in i'm told that it used to be that, you know, you could trust the news to just give you information so that you mm-hmm. could come up with your own conclusion. And now they just, there's the two sides and they just force 
yeah. their agenda down your throat and fuck the other side, and then the other side will say the exact opposite. And of course, nobody listens to the other side. Why would they? So everybody's just fighting about the same shit around factors that either don't matter or facts that are manipulated mm -hmm. or agendas that are just, it's just based on lies. You are so, he's so focused on what he's doing over there. It's awesome. <laughs> we need a, <laughs> we need a, well, at least get the mic in front of your face. Unless you hear the your participation in this is your your no. I was gonna say your the work you're doing with your hands. You're still participating. <laughs> so how long have you been? How like when did uh, Connect and Flow actually start? A month ago. I <laughs> Thanks. Um, okay, so this is one of the big things that I've been. So vinyasa is the type of yoga that I do, and vinyasa actually literally means flow. Mm -hmm. It's like the constant movement of the body, and I've heard that before. Yeah. Like, so that is that. That's usually like, well, I don't know. I'll continue. I was gonna say, is that like level one type shit? Oh, like... uh, okay. Well, that's what's so yoga's. Everyone wants it to be at a level, and it doesn't have to be. It's just there's different ways. So just like religions, there's different way to, ways to practice your religion. Right. In yoga, there are different beliefs that you follow in the physical forms of yoga. Mm -hmm. So vinyasa flow is more of a consistent practice. So like you're move, like I think of it like fluidity. You're moving through everything. All of the poses are very fluid and transitional. And I really like that because it reminds me of dance. And that's hmm. what I always loved about dance. You can keep that constant movement and it looks like you're putting all these moves together into this fluid dance. But connecting, I spent the last five years leaving like a lot of philosophies about why we are here in life. What else could a 20-year-old be doing at that yeah. time when they're trying to figure out what they're going to do after they get out of school? Um, and a lot of the stuff that I've been reading has brought me to the conclusion like the purpose of human life is to be able to connect. Like we're Absolutely. here because we want to connect to each other. We want to connect to something else. Like that's... And that's why people get so attached to their religions and their political oh, standpoints because they connect to it. There's just something. Right. And then they want to defend it. And my <clears> biggest <throat> thing is that my biggest thing is that people spend so much time trying to connect to everything that's out there and away from them and don't actually focus on who they are and connect to themselves. And that's perpetuated by all the like, superficial stuff that we have in the world. So how do you live in this world and go on and be successful if you have no idea who you actually are? And it's hard. People... Yeah, people don't realize that they need to figure that out. There are, like, you know, as you were talking about in the media, there's, you know, they there's role models, quote unquote, mm -hmm. role models that people, you know, out, completely outside of religion, uh, just talking about, like, pop culture. Mm -hmm. And there's people that, you know, kids will look up to that have nothing to do, it's completely superficial. Right. But it's so pervasive and everybody you know, everybody likes this person or everybody does this thing and it just becomes, that's what you do. And then you wake up and you're 40 years old with some do-nothing job and you hate your life and shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> People want to go work for the man because they're too afraid to go out on their own. Right, right. And that's, you would, I feel like you would eat, you would eat up all of the philosophies and different like viewpoints that come through everything that you learn when you're in yoga. Like one of the, one of the books that I read had this, I don't remember who it was by, but had this amazing statement of you talk about what you look like, you talk about how you dress, you talk about what you see, 
without actually looking at it. Like, you're looking at something, but are you really seeing it? You talk about all of the superficial shit, and then the religion, and the actual politics, and the talking about our differences so that we can better understand each other. That's all shit that's taboo that we're not allowed to talk about. Hmm. But that's the real shit, and we're just ignoring it. And I don't... Oops, sorry. And I don't... I don't know. I don't want to do that anymore. And people get mad at me because when I talk about something real, they get so easily offended. Yeah. And I'm not trying to offend you. I'm just trying to start the conversation. Yeah. Because if people we don't, don't want to have that conversation. Right, if we don't start talking about it, then it's going to continue to be an issue. And then we're all just fucked. Like, what's the point? We're all just going to be mad at each other for the rest of our existence. And we're going to come back, I believe, in reincarnation. You're all going to come back and do the same shit again. Hmm. You're not supposed to do that. The point is to grow every time you come back or every time you learn something, keep growing. And it's like, why would you want to stop yourself from doing that? It doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> it's uh, no, that's very. I'm not. I, I, <laughs> no, no, I kept doing the same shit over and over again for man. Well, but that's because it's not that I didn't know better. I just didn't care. Until now, I'm starting to care about shit. So now I'm starting to change the way I do things. And it takes a lot. It takes a lot to realize that. That stuff is important. That because it's easy just to you know hop on this trend or that and just you know take an identity through music or people are into. Uh, we were just talking to somebody who's really into uh, cosplay and not not that not that she's like overly into it, but I'm just saying like people can get lost and you know you go to Comic Con and there's people yeah. who are like that's all they do and yeah. I mean it, I guess it works and I'm sure some people find a way like there's no right or wrong way to do it so i'm sure a lot of people find some type of enlightenment or spiritual fulfillment in that but i'm sure a lot of people don't and they it's just something to do because they're bored and they don't know what else to do with their time and And the biggest thing is being able to question why you're doing something so, like, for me, I went into yoga thinking I liked it just because it was movement. And then I sat down and I was like, well, shit, that's really, that's bullshit. I'm wasting my time if I'm doing doing it just because I'm moving. That's like you said you like dance just for moving. Right. I, and how long were you a dancer? You started dancing because you just like I, move. I was only put, I started dancing when I was two. Oh, so yeah. So I've been dancing like my whole life. <laughs> and I always loved movement and I like being able to express myself through movement. Mm-hmm. But, and this is actually something that I just started writing about on my blog for my yoga page is that. I thought that dance was the only form of movement that I would like. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just, I don't know. I didn't know enough about what movement really was, and now I'm trying to get back down to the, I want to study more of the science of movement to get to the nitty-gritty of, like, why do I like this? Like, what's going on in my brain that's telling me, like, you like to move, and how can I trigger that in other people to help them find, health, like, a healthier sense of self? Yeah, Joe Rogan was actually talking about how, on his podcast, about how a lot of uh, MMA MMA fighters um, spend time uh, on, you know, the science of movement. Mm -hmm. And, like, especially, you know, in comparison to just boxing, where MMA MMA involves a lot more of the body and a lot more movement. Their science of movement is probably a lot different than what she's talking about. It shouldn't be. The science of movement is the... The science of movement they're trying to get down... There's so much the science of if he swings one way, yeah. right? Fight, but like the point is, by eternally hard to land a harder yeah. hit, right? But I, I'm, and I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe you would know more than I would because I haven't studied this at all, and I obviously haven't studied MMA at all. Mm-hmm. But I would assume that the concept behind even calling it the science of movement is, regardless of what area, movement is movement, mm-hmm. and like. You know, the body works in a certain way. So whether it's for dance or for yoga or for fighting, 
if you study movement itself, then you can apply that in different ways. And I'm sure, like, you know, you could be, you could be a doctor studying medicine, and if you learn about anatomy and biology and all that mm-hmm. shit, it, like, depending on what you do, you can apply it differently. But right. getting the fundamentals of movement in something that's yeah. very heavily based around movement, whether it's this or that, I, th- I, I would assume yeah. that it's relatively similar. Yeah. I mean, I think... So I, so, I mean, like, what did you what did you uncover? Because I, so, I mean, I, I get the concept of the science of movement, I'm but I still, wouldn't... So this is what I think, this is where I'm at in my life right now. I really think that I want to go on to get my doctorate in that area. Ooh. Uh, because it just interests the shit out of me. Like, I love it. Weird up. Eat that shit up. Um, and I actually got into it. I haven't discovered... Well, that's actually... That's total bullshit. I haven't discovered a lot that I have in research where I can say, I'm a scholarly person in this. Mm. Um, but I got really, I got injured my junior year in undergrad when I was dancing in conservatory and I started to realize how, even though I'd been dancing my whole life, I didn't know the mechanism that I was really using to do it. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Why the fuck have I been using this for 20 years and I don't actually know how it works and like what the purpose behind what's happening. So I started looking into, like, the body. Like, I went really deep into kinesis and anatomy and, like, understanding what muscles move to move these bones, and that's how I make this movement kind of thing, because that's cool to me in a weird way. Yeah, and not only that, but I think it's... I think the fact that it's cool and you don't need to know it in order to physically be a good dancer, but... That's part of the Yeah, like, how much... It would help if you understood yeah. intellectually what's Definitely. going on instead of just in there in your. At that point, that's kind of mastering your craft. Yeah. Oh, you right. don't know why. Diving deeper. Yeah, you don't know why you're good to say swinging back, hit the ninety mile an hour pitch. Right. But you know, I side think your it. Chair. I think it totally goes. That's why you should slide your chair so you can sit it back. It totally goes. I think it would totally relate to something like MMA or any other physical physical like activity or sport where. You want to know, like, okay, that's why you, the brain, like I was saying before, is so important because you want to know, like, you're triggering it up here, but it's getting down here, and how is that happening? Yeah. Like, why, what's behind this? What's controlling Nerds it? And, and then such. it goes to, like, the classic thing that happens in all of those areas is performance anxiety. Now, is it like, possible to have the negative, too, though? Like, say, you want to know why it's working now, so then you learn about, like, you're really good at something, then you learn about how your body works and everything, right? Can you have the reverse effect on that? To where it's like, oh, now you know about it, so now you're worse at it? Like, is that possible? Because now you're thinking of the way it should be done as opposed to how you were just going with it before? So I think that that's interesting in terms of, like, when you add in the aesthetic for ballet. Like, perfect example. Like, if if you guys have seen, like, any ballerinas that can, like, kick themselves, Mm. right? Like, all of those things. Like, we know so much about managing, like, injuries and stuff in dance that it's actually in our field right now. It's causing this uproar because what's good for the body isn't necessarily what's good for the craft and it's literally okay literally and I love talking about this because I actually just um I've been doing a lot of stuff like looking into and trying to better understand concussions in dance Mm. but the stuff we know about concussions in football right now is ruining the craft of football but the NFL the NFL is lying to you (laughs) if they're telling you that they're taking care of it they're full of shit. I'm sorry. Did you see I, concussion? I did see concussion. That and I actually dope. Did saw you see it. that shit? No, I saw it right after dope. I finished working on some, like doing some stuff and learning more about Great concussions movie. and dance. 
The NFL's turning to bullshit. They all join the it's, game. They know what they're there to do. They're there. James Harris well, is there the to lay the fucking wood on you because right. that's what he was talking well, to do. That's the argument. Right. But I mean, dance like is different. It is different. But it's just, it's still one of those things where, like, and it literally goes back to religion, too. Like, the more you know in terms of science, like, it might be good, but is it really good for what your purpose is? Like, the more we find out about science from a religious perspective, That's we're like, oh, shit, that analogy. ruins us. The more we find out about science of what's going on in the head and concussions, that fucks up football in the country. Like, it really is, like, it's really, they say, like, knowledge is a powerful thing, and it can be dangerous in the same way, because... You're learning about these things that haven't changed and haven't adapted in a long time, and you're seeing all the weaknesses. That's really interesting. So, so. I mean, then I guess the question becomes, is it worth preserving? Is it worth putting your body through this that, or whatever to be a good football player, to be a good fighter, to be and a good dancer? The thing that's funny is that shouldn't even exactly. be a question. So what? this, is, and this okay. is what my hope. This is what my hope for the human race is, is that... We are constantly changing, and we're constantly learning, and we're constantly becoming more intelligent, yet we're sticking to the ideas of people that were existed very long, a very long time ago before we, we had any very, of this yeah. knowledge. And why shouldn't we be, if we're changing and we're growing, why shouldn't we be adapting the things we love so they can grow with us, instead of saying, well, maybe it shouldn't exist anymore. You can change something, it can still exist. We're per- like, meaning the human like, race is a perfect example of that. It evolves. Meaning like better helmets in football right. or well, some honestly, type it's really of not even that because it's not that the, the helmets don't make a difference you can't put right like it's your, because your brain brain's just fucking floating right. in your it's head and it's smashed up against your skull so like why do we have to tackle in football like rugby is a sport where they don't wear any they have absolutely no padding right. on and the number of concussions in that field is significantly less than what we see in football hmm. But there's more tactics happening behind it. He's like, look at his face. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm thinking like, wait a minute. I mean, it's got to be the case. They yeah, don't. You pull up the numbers. I mean, but we can't. think about the way the games. <laughs> I actually, the only reason why I know, even know so much about this is um, one of my very good friends and colleagues is actually an athletic trainer. And she used to do these things where she would, um, she would get to see like, and collect the data on the kids because she the for, <laughs> I'm just saying that's just one resource but think about the way the games are played so yeah I'm not really I'm not too familiar with rugby so rugby what is it all out war though it so used why? to be but there's more tactic behind what's happening in a play as opposed to when you're on the defense in football it's just knock that fucker out just run into the wall. It's it's not, it's not but I there's more there is more strategy. No, I mean, I, but in terms simplifying. of the way they hit each other, oh, yeah, sometimes it's just brute, brute right, right. But they don't do that in rugby. Has specific tactics and guidelines because they're not wearing padding. So because so what would happen if you played a football game and you oh this would be a wonderful research to do. <laughs> you take all the football players right. You put them in a game, in a stadium, with their fans surrounding them, and they're not wearing any protection on their body. What happens to that game? We over real quick. <laughs> you Get think you think that those guys down are going to take chart. all of that shit off and look at each other and go, "Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to run into you full speed." With the both of us not having any protection on, that doesn't hmm. happen in rugby. There's tactic. They so yes, they they kill each okay. other. Yes, and they take each other to the floor. But it's not about 
it's more of like a, I did it a different way of trying to hit it. Yeah, the they way. don't go yeah. like, but literally their targets are like tar- literally lower to the body. Your target is usually there too. You get your occasional asshole who wants to lay that down, which that happens, and every team has one because that's the guy who gets the defense fired. Right. Like well, you get a Cam Chancellor who's <laughs> 200 something pounds, six foot, that's true. Full blast at you. Right. You got other guys like who's the dude, little dude for the Jets, Jim Leonard. Jim Leonard. <laughs> He'd pop people, too. But he wouldn't hit him that hard, and he'd always hit the midsection. He was yeah. smart how to do it. Yeah. Different players go for different things. Like, yeah. So, it's, I mean, they're tactical. That's true. But it's just, there's something See, I don't know about being... Because if you think about... If you think about the similarities... Pick up football games, see if people are trying to lay each other well, out. Well, they are. Oh, off. they are. But they're not with the intention of trying to play rugby. They're thinking about football. Yeah. But every single time, so it's not even those big layouts that are affecting people and had causing the issues with their health it's any time that they get hit during a game that like because I, yeah. I mean, no, you talk about, helmet. yeah, but you, well, yeah, but I you talk like about pickup games, and I remember, you know, we would always, you know, play pickup games, and nobody gets fucked up, nobody's get. I mean, like, once in a while, somebody, be, you get the knock, uh, the wind knocked out of them, but. Our pickup games, we had an injury every game, no matter what. There's but I'm talking about head injuries. No, we always had a bad injury. That you know of. No, well, yeah. Like head injuries yeah. that you know of. So well, think but I mean. People walk around with concussions and don't point. even know. Good point. Because there's a lot of kids who don't even got these yeah. stories for it who are like, fuck it. We'll go home and sleep this one off. But, I mean, home. I really think but, it goes back to what you were saying, though. Like, you, if you know so much about anything, like, if anything's bad for you, do you really want to, do you really want to pursue it? That's like when people, let's talk like cigarettes. When people found out that cigarettes were bad for them, that, like, changed the world. Yeah. But then some people are still like, meh, well. Fuck it. But like you know, it can change your whole life when that little. Well, some people are like, "Well, I'm only, I'm gonna die anyway." Like, I mean, yeah. fucking Akon escaped all that shit. He did, he did every dangerous fucking thing under the sun. And I mean, okay, he. Died. That's half the reason why I stopped because now I know it. So that's kind of like, her power there. Though, she was talking about the power. But I'm saying some people have the point of view that you could be taken out at any time. So what? I mean, I'm gonna enjoy my time here. And like, Tommy Yankon didn't enjoy it. Yeah. See, did. see now. But I'm saying, but I used to do everything with balls to the wall too, and now I'm stopping because I have the knowledge that it might not give me where I need to be. Yeah. So Sometimes though, it's like it's that balance of just do it because you can, and like fuck everything else. But and I can get on board with that. But at the same time, it's like, yes, you're here. Yes, you only have this. That whole YOLO shit. But it's like, is that really how you want to do it? I mean, you, I, I think it's a legitimate way. I, either answer is legitimate because, like, I don't know, sitting here doing this podcast, I'm not getting any fucking money for this shit. I gotta go do a bunch of other shit just to be able to afford. And, like, this is mainly what I do. This is mainly what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. And it's not bringing me any money at all. I mean, hopefully in the near future it will. So go to allreally.com and donate. But <laughs> but it's like, I wouldn't, you know, I had other jobs and it was probably in the, potentially in terms of uh, practicality and the possibility of leading somewhere that's going to uh, have me in a position where I'm financially stable and, yeah. and, and all this shit. 
There's probably other ways I could do it. I have a degree in something. Yeah, what the fuck are you? What is he doing? What the fuck is a poppy agave ale? That's probably pretty good. You read it? Put the beers in the fridge because someone else didn't. Fucking slacker. You're a rookie. Trying to, trying to get enlightened over here. What was I saying? You fucking... But, uh, we were oh, no, talking about... You are talking about being hmm. able to be in a position where you're doing something that's important to you and you're, like... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just, like, I. it was a very conscious choice to stop doing that. And I was like, fuck this. I'm not doing this anymore. And, you know, it, it has a lot... And I think I've talked about this before, but it has a lot to do with the fact that, like, a lot of luck that I've been, you know, mm-hmm. I'm in a position to do that. Not everybody can can do that. Like for a while my dad was straight up paying all my bills while I got this going and then he started safe and gentle and mm-hmm. so I've been, you know, he has the money to do that, so I've right. been able to, you know, work with him and get paid for that and you know, I have a car that I can Uber in which I didn't always have. So I'm in the position to be able to kind of take a step back and not have to get another serving job or, oh, that's what I was saying. I was saying I have a, a degree in psychology. Mm-hmm. I was doing that after I got fired from Parabas. I went I went back to... Um... <laughs> Maybe it was a sign. <laughs> well, you know, you never know. But I went, you know, I, I got, I was, after college, I was like, fuck this. I've been working my ass off. I'm just going to get a simple job, get some money, lay back, have a good time for a little while. And so that's what I was doing. I fucking rode that wave. <laughs> we had a good ass time. You sure did. <laughs> but then I got caught drinking at the bar, which was some bullshit, because it was just like one little thing. But anyway, I got fired. Wait, did you say you got caught drinking at the bar? At Carabas. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought we were past that race. So nice no, no, yeah. The, I was on the job drinking. All right. So, I mean, it was a legitimate reason to fire me, but not like I hadn't done it before. <laughs> But anyway, my point is that I went back to school, I pursued uh, becoming a drug counselor, which was my original plan when I was in school, and I'd gotten an internship, I was working at a a, um, substance abuse facility, and I'd gotten... You realize you gotta work with drug guys when you're a drug counselor, it wasn't the best idea. Yeah, no, it's just, well, it, it wasn't that, you know, you like... If you've ever seen, like, you know, Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew on VH1, it's a very, they may, they, they wrote, like, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Romanticize it. Mm-hmm. They, they glorify what it is. And, you know, I'm sure in these Malibu places where, you know, there are people who are hope, number one, they're hopelessly in the gutter. Yeah. So it's, it doesn't take a lot to get them to a better place. Right. And then there's also, like, they've gone, they've hit that level where they hit their rock bottom and they really want to get better. Mm. But it's, it doesn't work like that in the real world. Most of the people, first of all, most of the people I was dealing with um, were on parole, on probation, or had their had some kind of trouble with uh, DIFAS or child services. Okay. So there's a lot of people who felt like, they didn't deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people who I felt like didn't deserve to be there. Like, there was a kid who was, like... I, I was, like, 24 when I was there. The kid's, like, 20 years old. He got caught drunk driving. He wasn't even over the limit, but because he was 20, it was a DUI. Right. And he's in this fucking... He's got to go to this fucking program. I'm like, dude, I've done way worse than you. Like, you're not a drug addict. You're not a drunk. You're just a fucking 20-year-old. Like, there's yeah. no reason for you to be here. And then the other counselors that were there... And I mean, this could honestly just be 
one bad experience. I it's the only place I ever tried to work at. But a lot of the other counselors didn't really get it. Like mm-hmm. I always felt like you know because I kind of dabbled in in addiction and I uh, you know I'm cool now. But I <laughs> was at a place where I felt like I can understand it in a way that you can't understand unless you've been there. Right. And so that's what. But. Most of the counselors there, they had no fucking clue. They're just, like, reading out of a textbook to these people. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just, like, oh, it's depressing. And there's all this... It's just like any other office. There's all this red tape. There's right. all this bureaucracy. There's, you know... I was there for an internship that was supposed to be completely supervised by the clinical director. I was there for about a month. I saw her on my second interview... And then two other days while I worked while I worked there, and never and never again. I was running group therapy sessions with like ten people. I have their fucking lives in my hand, and nobody's fucking. You can't. You'd have to be in a position where it was people wanting to go somewhere, who looked into going. You can't be yeah. working under. Well, a and but there. the point is, yeah. Is like but you have to get stuck in the system. Mm-hmm. You're just caught up. Don't some of them don't want to be there, and they just don't give yeah. a shit. So they're gonna make your time hard. Yeah, they're like avoiding jail by being there. They don't feel like they need to be there. They don't think they have a problem. They don't respect you. They don't care about. They don't see a reason. Well, isn't that the first? The biggest thing, like anything, is just knowing when you have an issue, and that's like the hard. I feel like for from like everything that's out there, that's the hardest step that they're doing for anything. So it's like. And that's not and a, I, and that's I mean, not a you have environment that helps people and, realize that. But the problem is, of course, you have to start at the bottom and work your way up. Right. So now we're talking, to, and I mean, in this industry, you know, you're talking about with the schooling and the internship hours just to get my uh, certified drug and alcohol counselor certification, mm. which was uh, like. 130 credit course at the county college, which I already had. Yeah. Uh, I'm a close friend going through that right now. Yeah, I, I had most of my credits already from my undergrad. So I took two class, two or three classes, and then I was just thrown right into it. And that was, uh, the internship requirement for that was 3,000 hours. And that was just for that level. So, and if you really want to do anything in that field, you have to go for a PhD. Right. So, you're looking at five, ten years, fifteen maybe before I'm at the place where I want to be, and it's just like I'm 26 years old right now. I don't want to spend my 20s and 30s doing that to maybe be in that position when I'm 45, and right. and that would be a great position to be in when you're 45. And 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 it's not like, you know, I'm saying those counselors aren't doing good work, mm. not at all. But just personally, I couldn't. I couldn't do that. You know, I looked. At, we were talking about Acom before. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it. But that's our friend who passed away a few years ago. Oh, that's his nickname. I think I know but, from from work actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we're not talking about Acom the rapper. He stole that. Our Acom had the name first. But when I, you know, it, when you're 23 and your best friend passes away, then you kind of feel like, well, now is right. now is it. You know, when you're 45, you're not going to have been as passionate about it. Potent- like, that's a potential. Like, you know you have it. You just, like, live through it, and you know you can help people right now. And it's like, why? Oh, sorry. Why Why do you have to go through all of that before you can talk right now about, like, exactly. like and relationships? Exactly. And, that, and that's how, yeah. I was like, you know what? Fuck, 
fuck this. I'm going to just go my own route. And I, there's other ways to help people. And um, I started very basic with, I tried to start uh, doing guitar lessons. Hmm. And that's when I ran out of money. I had to get another job, whatever. But gotcha. eventually I found, you know, I've, I found this podcast. And eventually, I've talked about this before, eventually I want to write a book. And I think there, you know, it's not for everyone. And people in the substance abuse uh, industry are doing great work. But just personally, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. And you have to, you you have to do what is right for you. You can't just, you, I, I couldn't imagine myself just staying down that path because I didn't know anything else. Mm-hmm. I, I agree yeah. with you. So I had planned to go to one of Brittany's classes um, a couple weeks ago before where you went on vacation or something, and that didn't end up happening because I'm lazy and so how you convince me? I gotta I gotta do it. I know I want to do it. I don't know because I just fucking I'm lazy. I was sitting on the couch. I had been doing shit all day, and I was like, eh, fuck that. Well, it was a bunch of excuses. It is, but I, like, at the end of the he's day, so good at, he's so good he at those. He is so good at those. First of all, I'm shy, so I don't want to like. I feel like go there, and I don't know. I don't know what to do, and but that. And I'm just like I'm. I'm mad goofy when I'm in awkward situations. So is everybody. I don't know. Um, just be weird. I mean, out of my comfort zone. I don't. Uh, this is the hardest thing for me is that I don't because I've seen what it's like to be to feel like you need to do something because you know what's going to be good for you, but you just can't make the choice yourself. It's hard for me to be like, I'm going to do what I can to convince you because I don't want you to do it because I think you should do it. I want you to do it because you want to do it. I do want to do it. Okay. But I'm just too, I'm really good at rationalizing. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. So I'm just really good at being like, ah, I'll do it the, next time. The rationalizations that you're coming to are based on your perception of what you think it's going to be like. Absolutely. So that's one of those situations where you're seeing, but you're not really looking at it. Hmm. You know? Yeah, I do know. That's the problem. So, <laughs> so it's like intellectually, I'm there. I'm right there. But yeah. when it comes, to, it's like oh, it's time to go. It's the fear of all the things that are superficial that are stopping you from mm-hmm. going and doing it. And that's the greatest thing that I like about yoga is because it you're stripped of all of that, and so, it is awkward, and you do feel uncomfortable at first. And it's one of those great things where you have to be vulnerable mm-hmm. to progress. So, Nick, let's go. And I even, like, me being somebody who moves a lot, like, when I would start taking... (laughs) I don't move a lot. (laughs) Coming from somebody who used to move a lot, even I felt vulnerable in that situation. Because it, just because I move a lot, I move in a very different way. So I had to relearn how to do all of these different types of movement. So it was scary for me, too. I was really vulnerable at first, but... It's like, I'll dance my ass off if I'm drunk at a bar or a club somewhere. <laughs> oh my God, I mean, but you fucking is, know. I go, I go so all out, but... Tell me why you want to go. Like, why do you think you want to do it? I want to go because... I, I mean, just reading about it, I know that there are mental benefits that I want to take advantage of. 
Um, and I mean, I've never really been too concerned about my physical, you know, like I've always been a little dude. So like losing weight or exercising has never been a problem for me, but, but, or I mean, an issue for me, I mean, getting myself to exercise is definitely a problem, but I know that I should be doing something other than sitting in front of screens and and shit all day. I mean, I'm online for this, I'm online for that, I'm doing... I, I mean, I do a lot of driving as well, but then I'm just sitting in the car, so... Okay. You do a lot um, of sitting. Yeah, okay. Lots and so lots are, of sitting. So, would you say those are the biggest go. reasons? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so... This is what I sum those reasons up to. I know I need to do something, mm-hmm. right? I need to do Definitely. some exercise. Not not that you don't... You want to connect to your body more, but not only do you want to connect to your body, you want to connect to your mind more, right? Right. Okay, like those are the sums of what I'm getting, the mm-hmm. essence of those three things. No, you're right. These are the exact... If you were to go into a class full of, like, beginner yogis and ask them that question... <laughs> I want to, I know I need to, how many Americans in the country are like, oh, I know, I know I need to exercise, but. Yeah. Oh, and I do this, so it's my one form. I need to find a way to exercise. Most people in that room would probably say that. I want to connect to my body more. Whether it be, I do want to look better, or I want to feel better. That yeah. kind of sense. There's going to be know. that. And there's also going to be, I need peace of mind. I need to, like, it's my way to relax. It's my, my way to connect to what's going on up here connecting to the mind. So those are three major reasons that everybody in that room is going to have for being in there. They all relate to them, right? They don't relate to anybody else. Right. So picture a room full of those people who are not focused on anything else but, but themselves. themselves. Yeah. No one's looking at you. Because everybody, you. everything that's going through your mind oh, is so going right. through the mind of every <laughs> single person in that room. They're like, they're like, uh, okay, I'm here for a good reason. I'm here for me, but... Oh shit! There are a lot of people around me. Right? Uh, okay, I'm not doing this pose right. I'm like an idiot. And see, I mean, like somebody else is thinking that everybody else in that room is thinking the same thing because I, you can see it when you start to teach, but I was in that position when I started doing. But it. see, like, I'm pretty. Ah. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. At the, yeah. the, that's not even an, a, a good excuse for me either. That like that shouldn't be because I'm mindful enough that I know that I would be there and I would feel that and I would be aware of that Mm -hmm. and I would be like this is just part of the like I you know I don't meditate as much as I should but I try to stay in a a state of mind like there's a I spend a lot of time like you know either like watching philosophy videos Mm -hmm. or listening to podcasts uh, of like you know this professor or that doctor yeah, or the scientist or whatever. And so I'm constantly, you know, being mindful of where, like how it relates to me and where, you, you know, where I have biases mm. and where I'm, I'm getting lost in thought and where, you know, when I'm not in the present moment, all that kind of stuff. So it's not even like, I know that I would go there and feel that and I'd be able to just push that aside. Right. So why don't I go? And I've heard so many people say, like, very similar things. Like, the people that are like, I'm, I'm a person that's very aware and I'm very in touch, but, like, going into a yoga class is so difficult for me because at the end of the day, and this is me and the way that I think and how I relate everything to what's going on in our world, but that, again, I consider myself a person who's like, whatever, fuck you, social norms. Mm. 
and like not I am I have a lot of confidence I don't give a shit what other people think about me but at the same time I find myself walking into places where I feel vulnerable and those are what's increasing my vulnerability worrying about how I feel in relation to what society says I should feel so you're like like going into that yoga class it's like oh well this it feels like I should be flexible in this place and everybody who does yoga is really flexible but you can increase your flexibility and those people who look amazing when they're doing yoga or have been doing it for a while right. and have just developed their flexibility yeah you can develop it too it's not, like I tell <laughs> sorry mom I say this to my 63 year old mother all the time that <laughs> you like and she takes my classes the more she does it the better she feels mm-hmm. and I tell her all the time her first thing to me was I'm not really flexible you don't need to be flexible it's about finding where you are in that day and working on yourself consistently to increase that flexibility that's the whole point you're working and developing yourself from the inside out I, th- I think another part of it is that like I'm just I'm intimidated by it's it's weird that I was able to start this podcast so easily because I'm intimidated by new crafts because mm-hmm. like say I've been a musician for like 20 years. Right. I was in kindergarten when I first started to uh, take guitar lessons and I'd been, you know, learning from my brother before that. So I've I've had something that I've been good at right. for a long time and I remember that that mountain of of just like practicing and mm. being shitty and taking on something new that you're shitty, you know, you get to a certain level, you're right. good at something, and then you, you the only thing to, the only thing to do is to just go yeah. and do something else mm-hmm. you're shitty at, and it's just tough. Like I noticed that when I got into uh, like when I was in high school and and somewhat in college, I was mostly into like heavy metal and stuff. Like I said, I play guitar. Right. Um, I mean, I still love that shit, but I. Uh, certain things led me towards uh getting into dance music and i became a oh, big i remember this, <laughs> this phase. i was i mean i was, again i still love it uh I, that's mainly what hey, i listen, listen to, to this yeah. hey do you listen to these people <laughs> oh i'm going to this <laughs> that was every single time you well we're supposed to be going to ezoo but i don't know what happened to that it's supposed to be this sunday i don't know what happened either right yeah but no yeah. like i wanted to start producing electronic music but i just would look at these programs that you need to do and it's just like you need to be a fucking engineer mm-hmm. in order, and like you need it's all there's like so much math, and then you like need right. to sine waves and shit. And I was like, oh, I'm just gonna pick up my guitar. Like I just I know how to do that. Yeah. I don't I don't like being shitty at things. <laughs> I mean, no one does, and that's the thing. But you can't be so this is the change you gotta welcome change yeah this grow. is the we're gonna get into yeah. it. Oh, yeah, sure see that. he tries to get me that's the other thing he tries to get me to go to the gym all the time and it's like again it's not like I have I'm any I don't even something. like I don't like I'm a very active person and I don't like going to the gym because oh. the okay so this is the way I, this is the way I look at working out but you literally don't need anything but your own body weight to work, to work out, out. I yeah okay right so this is why I like yoga this is why I like Mm. dance Um, but you go to the gym and they make it seem like I need that huge machine to work out it's intimidating first of all I don't know how to use any of the equipment there I just go there I literally creep around and stalk somebody to watch them to see intimidating wasn't 
Yeah. See. This is what I'm saying. But she, but, but she does something else. Way. If I was saying this was intimidating, but I do this, then that yeah, would be cool. It's but. intimidating <laughs> in the fact, right? You don't. And this is what I'm saying. Like you can have those moments where you feel vulnerable. I'm very. I consider myself a very confident person. But in that moment, you still go back to shit. I feel really vulnerable. I would hate that. I didn't know what I was doing, and that's part of the problem. That's why he goes not having right, but the think about the value of having that knowledge compared to not having that knowledge. Knowing and having the idea is so powerful because it doesn't impede on your confidence level. Not knowing fucks you up, and that this is we're gonna get. So I have my master's in education. Okay. So we're gonna talk about education now. That comes from your early learning and your early schooling. You learn to be afraid of looking like you don't know something. Right? They teach you that? I don't know. I don't know. Are you saying that's part of... Are you saying that's like a problem with... That's one of of the problems that I see. The structure of schooling. Instead of encouraging everybody to go out and find the knowledge, someone's holding all of the knowledge and you either know it or don't know it. Oh man, education, that's a fucking Pandora's box right there. in my mind, I remember what it felt like to put my hand up and think that I knew the answer to something and then just being shot down. Being shot down for not knowing them being, and then after I found out what it was that I didn't know, I would study that shit until I could repeat it because having that knowledge made me feel good. I don't know though, I don't... That's, that's really, his brother. That's true. Oh, really? <laughs> that drives me now. Oh, I, I want to learn and keep learning as much as I can to offer knowledge to other people so that they don't have to feel that way. See, so I guess I'm an asshole in that case because I'm trying to learn all these new things, but so I have the knowledge for myself. That's so much because I want to no, offer to other people. Like, okay, I can see that. So you know better. I can see that, but think of how... I understand that and that competitive nature. You have a lot more patience nature. than me also. I don't, <laughs> you, I don't know. Maybe. It depends on the situation. That's happened a lot over like the past six months though. Um, but think about how much better your conversation would be with somebody who had similar knowledge in an area as you that you could talk about that and continue con- like opening doors in that area as opposed to not having somebody who is is able to do that. Yeah, but the person has to be open to... That type of because I try too. to I try to fucking talk to and not just you like everybody I know I try mm-hmm. to talk about this philosophy shit and nobody right. I, and people get annoyed people don't like I talk right. about religion people get annoyed the they don't want to talk about this shit because I don't know half but, the shit you're talking about but like it's but all very that that, fundamental so when he tries to talk to you about it and you don't and you don't know what it is that's what gets you annoyed right because you can't you can't reciprocate in the exactly conversation. like if yeah. you just if you. Ask, like, I mean, the things, especially, philosophy is something that's very, in its nature, it's very fundamental. Mm. So, like, everything can be, like, the point of it is to explain things in the most simple way. That's why I don't get, I mean, and I mean, this is definitely, I'm not putting the blame on other people, because it's obviously everybody around me. So, it's obviously partly the way that I, I, I will admit, I get annoyed when people don't give the things that I'm saying, the respect that I have right, for right. them. And I, it's hard for me in the moment to realize, like, they just don't, right. they I, they haven't... They don't, they're they, not there yet. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not good at that. But, you know, the other side of it is, like, if you just fucking listen to what I'm saying, it's fucking cool, and you'll like it, and it yeah. will be fucking 
a good conversation, but yeah. you just don't even give it the chance. It should, but that's the problem. And just like I'm not giving yoga chances. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. Um, that's literally the conversation needs not to be focused on. This is what I know. The conversation should be focused on what do you know that I, you can teach me. You know. And there we have the Aureli podcast. Right. <laughs> I'm getting you know? better. I'm getting better at it, and that's why that's why we uh, we recently changed structures. Like when we started, it was going to be me and um, the my roommate Conover. Um, it was just going to be me and him talking that's about a shit. Cool name. Well, this is the last name. Oh. His name's Andrew. Okay, I was like, that's a really cool first name. Sorry. Um, but it was yeah, it was originally just me and him. I just assumed and I made an ass of myself. <laughs> See what happens when you do that, people. <laughs> Stop assuming what you know about everything. You know nothing. No, we really but, don't. But but exactly. I mean, that's exactly what I was gonna say. That we thought we could have a podcast where just me and him were talking about this topic or that topic, mm-hmm. and it would be interesting. And we got through like two or three episodes, and we we're like, "Shit, what the fuck? We don't know anything. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Why would anyone listen to us? What the fuck do we know?" And so then we just like, you know, we definitely, again, I say this all the time, I, Joe Rogan's podcast is like a, a fucking, the, the, the role model for any podcast. It should be, regardless of what you talk about, just his laid, the fact that it's laid back, every other podcast I know, each episode is a topic, you know, if it's, if there's a guest, it's an interview. I mean, Bill Burr's pretty funny, but he don't have guests, so he just fucking, he just fucking goes off. I but those are my two favorite podcasts because they don't it, it's not planned mm-hmm. and i was like all right so what he's doing is just bringing interesting people in and just having organic conversations instead of trying to spit out knowledge or spit out enlightenment mm-hmm. if you just have these conversations with interesting and smart people then you'll be able to extract things out of that mm-hmm. in a more you know i don't know organic way yeah. <laughs> And That's I don't what know. has the impact. It's and it's definitely I don't know about people who have been listening. I don't even know how many people fucking listen to this. But uh for me, it's definitely been a lot easier because there's no pressure on me to ha to have this knowledge to spit out. Mm-hmm. It's about what can you offer? And everybody you know, everybody has just in their unique perspective there's something that nobody else there's information there that nobody else has just because it's subjective right i agree with you i think it's awesome that you work the way you work in terms of well, that thank you no, you're welcome. <laughs> it's just there's enough there's enough bullshit out there like go somewhere else and find bullshit it's everywhere and it's just, you don't want to add, you don't want to add something to the world if it's going to add the bullshit. Right. Like, That's exactly, yeah. We're, it's like, you know what? You can go and, like, you know, instead of asking you about the specifics of yoga, like, you can go Google that shit. If you care that much, go Google it. That's not what we're trying to do here. But right. in the process, I think we've gotten some gems here and there. Yeah. I don't know. So you're going to come then? Are you going to come to yoga with me? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should I'm, come. I'll do anything. You're starting when again? The the fifteenth. Yeah, classes what day is start that? on the fifteenth. It's a Wednesday, so we'll be doing well. Ah, until I get enough going on that I can add in more teachers, which I'm excited to do. 
we'll be going at the one studio we're working with on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Friday or Saturdays. Um, but I'm currently working with two other small studios to bring it there because it's like Expansion. I own a. Bit, I'm doing more of like a um, consulting kind of thing mm. where I help this small studio build a program within their small space and help get it running and then. I can, my hope is to eventually like be able to do that and be able to extract from it where it can sustain itself. Right. And it would, that would be like another branch of connect and flow. Right. Um, that's what I'm hoping to do because it's, it's so, first of all, I feel like people are very much intimidated by the idea of a yoga studio. Mm -hmm. Like just for me, I'm going in there not really knowing yoga. Like I would never, you know how I imagine it? I don't know how many people can relate, but have you ever been to a guitar center? Yeah. If you go in a guitar center and you try to play an electric guitar, like from the amp, there's this air that everybody is judging everybody. Like especially mm-hmm. if you go on like a Saturday when it's a Saturday afternoon when it's busy and there's right. like five five or six people playing different guitar. There's like a competition, an unspoken competition to like show up the other person and be like, oh, this fucking guy is playing some fucking pop punk power chords. I've never and then, heard of this as a thing Oh, my God. And, and then and then you go to... time, man. And then you... This is male competition. Is yeah, and you go into the drum room and it's the same thing. And it's like some one dude will be playing something chill and then some other dude comes down and shows him up and then the, and instead of just, just fucking around, now you, gotta, now you gotta do some shit. And like, that's how... That's how I imagine a yoga studio. <laughs> it's just like... Some fucking Russell That's Brand terrifying. type. Some, I can't yeah. believe that though. Cause right? Be female okay, so here's my... Some Russell Brand ass motherfucker. You stop forgetting Sarah Marshall. Next. So do they. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely there's competition. That's that's the human. That's not a gender thing. And so no, I, that is that's a. And so that's how I imagine it. That like, and I mean, you know, it goes back to the thing you're saying that everybody, everybody would feel that, and everybody's just paying attention to their own shit. But. I don't know. I'm a judgmental fuck. I'm definitely gonna be looking around at other people and be like, "Oh, this bitch! I don't know what the fuck she's doing." <laughs> like, I don't know. That's. Uh, I'm just trying to be honest. That's. But, so he's going there to criticize. But that. Okay. Yes. I don't know. That's. Yeah. That would be funny to me. But you want to know what, well, what the whole point of it? That's not what I'm going there for. But if I see someone that's funny, I don't know. I'm. If you have. I'm not gonna make fun of her. Oh no. But <laughs> When things get I'm just gonna awkward, think it. yeah, but that's fine. <laughs> that's what, and that. But then that makes you self-conscious okay, so that somebody's where, thinking that about me. That's where the you're like it's even more important for you to start practicing and start doing meditation more because the purpose of doing that work is to accept that that's happening in your brain, but know that your brain is not you. Your brain is something that's been manipulated and affected by everything going on out here, but your brain is not actually you. Your mind, so this is... Well, I, yoga, I disagree, but... Weird, but the weird yoga concept is that you <laughs> have your mind, you have your body, and you have yourself. I think, yeah, no. I, I definitely agree that conscious, your consciousness is, is something other than your physical it's, brain. It's more than just you. It's a layer of stuff that's over I you. I prefer not to try to define that yet. Yeah, I'll let oh, the professionals okay. do that. Okay, but. you're right. You're right. <laughs> that's true. That's fine. But that's, no, just throw that out there. That's how I see it. Right. That's at least how I see it. And in this work, 
I, n I never thought of myself in that way, but in this work, being able to kind of separate it and then figure out how I want to choose for them connect made me feel better as a whole. Which is why I look at it that way. Because hmm. that's the point, you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to right. look at it however way you want to and however it makes you feel good. And then you get to be in a position where everyone gets to feel that way okay, and that have makes discussions sense. about it. Right, that makes more sense. Because as you were as you were saying that, I was wondering. I was like, uh, I get what you're saying, but I don't know if that really right. applies to me. And then you said, you know, you said the thing about that's you know the freedom to think mm -hmm. that. And I think that that is what I would be, or I mean, I guess what anybody would be looking for is not the specific outline of what you think, but mm -hmm. the process by you know acquiring the ability to utilize the process to get there. Right. That's right. That's my biggest thing. I think that's another reason why I like it so much. As I've gotten older, I've started to realize working in education, working in dance, and now with the yoga, I've started to realize that it's not about the product. It's the process of things that I, that I like. The process of making art, the process of making dance, the process of building a class, the process of leading and guiding a class. Like that... The, not the product of where they end up, that's just a bonus, mm -hmm. but the process of getting to see the growth right. is so, so precious. So right? Nick, let me ask you this, because you talk, I've asked you this before about, because I used to, you know, I love, I love sports, but I always, you know, in terms of, you know, philosophy and enlightenment. By the way, welcome to fantasy football, Adam. First oh my god! Yeah, for sure. We got him. Ranked first in the draft, by the way. My boyfriend spent forever picking his team last <laughs> team, night. Yes. Forever. Wait, what did you say? My boyfriend took forever to pick his team last night. I was I was in there. I did my homework. I knew exactly what I was picking. Wait, do you have a time limit? I don't know. You're supposed to have a time limit. Yeah, but he probably ran that clock down every time. Every he said day. he had to. He had to like wait in between choices. Yeah, hell yeah, that's what you gotta do. You gotta yeah, because everybody else has to go. That's how that's how a draft I'm, works. I don't. I know that there's most. I know like I'm about to start. You go have, like a gist of what's going on in it. The first person goes, and then it goes to the tenth well, person, the and the tenth person goes again, and then the it goes. Drafts work. Okay, that's so. the way the teams work in drafts. But I didn't. I wasn't aware of what exactly he was doing in terms of drafting at that point. Like I had well, no idea. And depending, it just took him forever. Well, depending on no, what you're doing in that time is watching. Well, yeah, see, to see what they're doing. Because you could just want, you could just pick the best players in the league if nobody else was playing, but everybody else is going for the best players too. So depending on what the ne the ninth person takes and then the eighth person takes, that might change up your game. And then, does the regular draft not work that way? Yeah, it does. But that's why that fucking shit take like you mean like the real that NFL. That's well, why it takes three days. That's true. Yeah. Well, they also, okay. They so that it out on when purpose, that is actually oh, yeah. being That's mimicked money. when you're playing fantasy. Yeah, that yeah. Absolutely, because I really just don't. I because uh, let's say I, I want. About uh, let's just throw. I'm gonna throw out names that I'm gonna assume you know. I'm gonna assume you know Eli Manning. Yes. So let's say I. Oh, Antonio Brown. Yeah, unfortunately. Okay, there you go. So let's say I want for my first pick. <laughs> let's say for. <laughs> you saw Dancing with the Stars. I, I don't even watch that the show. Popped the and talked about it. What? He was proud of it. I am not going there. So let's say I want Antonio Brown as my first awesome. pick and Eli Manning as my second pick. That's not what I would do, but just for the sake of argument. And But I drafted third in this league. So let's say first person, first pick, Antonio Brown is gone. So now that 
in in one pick, my whole my whole game plan is affected. So now I have to figure out, okay, who's going to be my first pick now? Yeah. Then the second person picks. They could either pick someone else. Yeah, it's pretty much you know? gym class for me for my. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah, absolutely. I was the one that was yeah. this tall and that's, skinny. That's that's precisely what it is. Everybody. There's ten teams and everybody's picking for gym. That's exactly what it is. I don't even know if I have one. I can show you. But anyway, my point was I had I I used to kind of I used to kind of turn my nose up at sports when it came to you know academia and intellectualism. And it seemed like, you know, all these people, and I, and I mean, you know, still for the fans, sometimes it's like, people spend so much, like with this fucking Kaepernick shit, people spend so much energy, focus on it, and it's like, dude, there's real fucking shit going on in the world that you could... I was really tiny. not a good quarterback. That was a super tiny little awkward thing. Wait, what? Which one? The one on the end is me. Oh, you're so cute. I was so cute. How old were you in that picture? Probably like. No. It was 05. Maybe then. Shit, look how tiny I was. Wait, how old were you in 2005? Are you going to make me do math right now? (laughs) You're born 92. You're born in what? 90? 89, 80s, what up? I'm an 80s baby by 32 days. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm really jealous. I, I, my, I always have felt like I should have been born in the '60s, yes, so that I could yes. have enjoyed the, the 60s, 70s, and the '80s. Hell yeah! I was born in the '60s. Hell yeah! In the early '60s, bro. Hell yeah! No, I wish I was born in the late '50s, so I could be like this age in the heart of the '60s. Yeah, that's that's true. Go to Woodstock. Yeah. Went to Mysteryland, the first festival that was there just, on those grounds since the 69 Woodstock Festival. It's funny how those things, like, those crazy things, when you look back at them now, like, really just set the, kind of set the stage for everything that's come. It's crazy. It really is. But we need that to happen again. We need something like that to happen again. Well, okay, that's a good transition to what I was, what I was talking about before. I was, used, I was saying I used to uh, always turn my nose up at sports, but I was listening to a Sam Harris podcast, and he was talking about how for athletes, a lot of times, like, you know, he was talking about whether you're a basketball player taking the, you know, the, the, the shot at the buzzer or you're a surfer catching the perfect wave, then that... Uh, that state of mind of being present is a is whether you know it or not a spiritual experience, and that is mm-hmm. the the experience or the uh, sensation that you seek, and that is what has you continue playing. So Nick is a big fisherman. I've always I, so I heard that, and I was like, is, does that apply to you? Like when you got a fish on the line, is there like kind of a a loss of distance between you and the the rod and the line and the fish is it all kind of and he's like yeah kind of so she's talking about so obviously that's that's kind of the, you know that attraction that's what you look that's why you like fishing but she's talking about teaching fish or not teaching fishing but teaching the craft would you have any interest in like doing fishing lessons? Guiding. Yeah, I would guide them. I'm not really trying to do like basic fishing lessons. Hell no. Teaching a, a new beginner fisher is dangerous. Why is that? 
Go fish him a brand for one day. He's not even a beginner. You tell me why it's dangerous. I don't know what that means. Hooks flying at you. People don't know what they're doing. You gotta tell them what to do. I, I did kid. it. I tell this kid Wait, what to you, do every day I go but out. But exactly. I'm still nervous. I make sure I'm paying attention when he's cast. When he's cast, I duck. I hit the ground. Alright, but he's your friend. He's your friend. If somebody's taking a course or taking lessons... I'm gonna teach them. If they don't get it, I'm not gonna sit there and keep trying to teach but them. The, no, but I'm saying... But I'm saying your friends aren't... I get that. I get that too. But I'm saying your friends aren't going to give you the respect that a student will. Yeah, well, I mean, I get it because they're giving their money. They're giving their money. Yeah, they're giving their money. They're going to go to you because they have the intention of learning. Yeah, they want, they're there because they want to learn. Like, Brandon and whoever isn't there because they want to learn from you. They just want to fucking hang out. It's like, I do want to... Like, I want to teach, but not so much I want to teach. I want to teach him how to find a fish, how to, like, locate him. Chill out. I want to go guide on rivers. Like, I love salmon and steelhead So he wants to be Trout involved fishing. in the, like, the, not the primary part of it, but, like, the... I want to do. Or, like, but I mean, enjoy my is life it, in the cold weather. Is that the kind of thing where that's how you start, though? Like, it's, it seems to make sense to me that if you just start teaching kids well, how to fish, you, gotta, you get you some... A guide or something. You gotta have so much experience. Exactly. And a lot of ways to build up to it. So I mean, that's which I am in the process of doing. Like you know. I so you were talking about your flies. Every year, well, I tie flies. I just started doing that last year. What's I don't. I mean, I did it to save money. Well, I thought it was to save money at first. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll start tying flies. You know, I'll save money on bait and everything. And then I realized no. Then you're like, that's like for fly fishing. <laughs> so then you want to try to learn it all. So then you start getting this, that. Oh, this tool's better than that one. Then you buy that. And next thing you know. Snowball effect. You spent all your money. You've and got nothing left. Yeah, got it all. <laughs> but I could go out and go live really on my own. I'd be fine because I could easily, I could go survive outside. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I would like to do. Living outdoors. One day I'm gonna live off the land. Watch. I'm gonna have a lot of money. Most of it. <laughs> I'm gonna oh, do yeah? it just to prove it. Oh yeah. Very funny. I'm gonna do it You're gonna have a lot of money. Yeah. You know I'm gonna have a lot of money. It's gonna happen. But I'm just saying, like, I'm how's it? It don't just happen like that. You gotta. Like, what's the game plan? Hit the lottery. What do you mean? Why do you think I got this ticket? You see this? There's a that $20, a $10. All right, well, here we go. Let's cash. I'm about see. to get big. Let's see. Let's see. On air. I don't think... I don't have a quarter. Seek malt. I don't think it's about... It's funny. I don't think it's about having a plan. And I think that you said that a lot of that, too. Like, the plan that you have isn't always the, plan, the way... Usually never going to work out that way when you plan it. Well... No, never. That's why you gotta wing everything. But maybe not that. I you don't. Yeah. Plan, but at least have no. You idea. have a yeah. You have a plan, and you understand that that plan is not going to manifest as you as you plan it. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, it's not gonna go as you plan. But knowing that you have a goal in, in mind, you roll with the punches, and you only deviate. From that original plan, you use that as an anchor. I'm gonna literally turn this around on you. Okay, you ready? go. Your goal is to get better in doing yoga. <laughs> <laughs> your goal right. is to better yourself in doing yoga. Okay. But what you just said about how you find ways, knowing that it's gonna happen, but it's gonna be deviated. You keep trying to want to be better at what you're doing, and you're trying to find a better way to help yourself, but you keep deviating from that plan. I mean, that's true. That's not really what I was saying, but that's definitely true. But I'm, real, I'm trying to show you that the things that, a lot of the things that we understand, we understand because we've done them, we're, we're, we've seen the process before. Right. 
So, like, you understand that you're going to have that variation because you had a set plan for yourself. Weren't you saying that you you went to school for psychology? Like, you Mm -hmm. planned to yourself that you were going to be in that field, but... Well, the idea, okay, expectations that you might have had about what it was going to be like for you. Right. So I went in with the foundation was that I wanted to help people. Okay. So I built upon that based on my experience of what I thought would be the best way to do that. And I I had thought that it would be going into addiction counseling. Mm -hmm. And I went down that road and I realized that that, you know, it wasn't going as I had planned, but I still had the end goal to help people. So that like, I'm still on the same path to help people, but that like the drug addiction was the deviation, right? That was the deviation, but that wasn't the end goal. That's you're practicing yoga by being aware of that. I'm that's practicing yoga. So, and this is what's missing. This is what's missing from understanding what yoga is. Everyone, because of what the media has put out there and, like, the the superficial level of what yoga is, is in the physical postures. Like, that's only... There's eight limbs of yoga. Being... And this is... Oh, I wish that I would have put this blog out, to, like, before today. But... Well, now you have a reason. I know, right? Um, the physical postures of, like, going and doing a yoga class is only the third of the eight limbs. But just being, I mean, I just call that being mindful, being, uh, thinking about philosophy. I don't think that's... That's what yoga is. Yeah, but that's not necessarily... Well, that's a part of yoga. I don't... That's, but you're not... I don't know what I've experienced so far. I I mean, you could be a philosopher, you can be a philosopher without doing yoga. Right. But that's... But that's still, even though philosophy and thinking philosophically is part of doing yoga, doesn't mean that talking or thinking philosophically is necessarily doing yoga. No. I think that's giving me too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Don't tell me that, because then I'll be like, I, what do you mean? I've been but doing yoga for fucking years. That's the thing <laughs> that's great about it, is that I, from the way that I've taken it in is having perspective and being able to do that connection and, of seeing those things is, is practicing yoga. Understanding where you are, like, so yoga is yoking. Like, that's the translation. Like, really, like, you're really getting into something. You're looking deeper. You're diving deeper. Like, the fact that you're diving deeper into understanding... Did you just call it yoking? Yoking. Get yoked, bro! <laughs> yoked. Not like that. <laughs> but the process diving Sorry. deeper <laughs> is actually doing yoga. So, questioning uh, things... I don't know if I... I don't know if I like I that. want you... I want... I okay. think that's the Have one. you ever heard of the... Have you ever heard of the Bhagavad Gita? Uh, possibly, it's but <laughs> don't know what it means. What, what did you say? The Bhavag- I can't even say it now. The Bhagavad Gita. Is it a chant? No. Okay, then no. It's part of like an epic story. I, th- I mean, I've, I think I've heard of it. That I've looked into this shit before, but I don't remember. Like, a lot of See, I don't even remember the... What's the type of... What is it called? Bhagavad No, the type of yoga. The Bhagavad Vinyasa. Vinyasa, there you go. <laughs> See, I don't, I've been fucking reading... I've read that word a million times. Vinyasa. Okay, go. But it's... So the bicker... <laughs> it is really hard to say. Um, and I'm Indian. That book like, is... <laughs> <laughs> my ancestors are Hindu. Oh, this is 
doesn't matter. You don't speak it. Um, Not even a lick. Like but you're that saying. book says a lot about the philosophies and what yoga, what yoga can be. Mm-hmm. And that's part of it. Like the they would look at you to being being able to question things and ask questions and try to dig deeper into understanding something is practicing yoga because you're relating it back to yourself. You're trying to understand what's going on with you. Right. I think we're saying the same thing. I think that you're saying doing philosophy is part of yoga. But just okay, yes, just doing philosophy do. is not... I, I can't take credit for having done yoga just because I'm doing philosophy. You don't have to... Nobody has to take... Experience. Wait, but... But it's not about you taking. Have the experience, it's I not agree. about taking credit for it. But I, I mean, I'm not. I'm just. That's just the way. Just I'm, because you don't do the physical yoga doesn't mean that you don't practice yoga. I yes, think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Yes, it does. I would disagree with you, because that's what I'm saying. You're seeing it through the scope of yoga, and that this is a, a, an essential part of yoga. But you're. Looking, I mean, you're looking at it as what you understand yoga to be right now. I no, I'm looking at I it what as you're saying there too. But no, I still you work. You know, you got it. Gotta experience the whole thing in order to say that you've done yoga. I don't, yeah, there's oh, okay, a, there's yeah, parts of life. I love that you just brought that up because okay. the eighth limb of the many limbs of yoga, you go up the scale, you get higher and higher and closer to this. The highest state of that is absolute bliss. Right, but I've been there before. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Drunk. Exactly, there. <laughs> exactly. There's there's that that's that's a. Another, you know, you say it's another limb. Like, that's also another... Like you have the, to do all the first seven to get there. Bro, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you the, don't. That's the idea. Trust me. Just know that's Trust the idea me. behind no, the, no, that you're no. doing Trust me. Okay, so that's you can, not... But you can get there through... I'm not even talking about just drugs. You can... You, there's plenty of different types of meditation that are just focused on achieving that state of nirvana, that That's state true. of ecstasy. And you can get there through drugs. You can take acid. You could take mushrooms. You could take MDMA. You could take DMT. I still have to do okay, my first. Okay, so I get what you're but, saying. In so, that sense. but that's not so. Like that's what I'm saying. That may be a part of yoga, but just doing that doesn't mean that it's yoga. Like, like dribbling a ball is part of basketball, but just because you're dribbling a ball in a, and and walking in a circle, doesn't mean you're playing basketball. I agree. Okay, I get what you're saying. I, I, no, I can see it in that perspective. I totally get that, and that's. I think that. But like if and I'm saying totally if you're a basketball player and you walked up to some kid who's bouncing a basketball, oh, no, I, around, you'd be like, oh, they're playing basketball. Right. You're like, okay, well, I feel kind the same of. way about dance, so I understand that. I understand that. I think it's just. Are you I saying think, I'm not a good dancer? That's all I mean. <laughs> no, I'm thinking in terms of what's going on for like young generations of like dancers that are in, like, the, the studio I'm currently training. I'm thinking a little bit differently. But I get what you're saying. I think it's the way that See, I... See, that's something I have no perspective on either. I don't get it. I in terms of... Like... You don't get what? Just dance in in general, I think. The art of dance, I, I just, just like don't... I, do, I mean... Honestly, I hey, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But, I mean, it's also very... I, I just... I get... Someone's I get... <laughs> I don't think you're going to be... Never mind. <laughs> no, I get what I don't get about dance. But I don't get it. Like, there's... Why I do don't you feel that way? Because when I look at... Uh, like, I, it's the same thing when I look at modern art. Like, this mm-hmm. contemporary, just like, fucking... 
pretentious bullshit. That's all I just see it as like, like if you look at a classic piece of art, that's just like a painting that looks like something and it's painted really well and it's like photorealistic. Mm. That I can see. If I listen to a type of music and I you it elicits a feeling, that I get. But I just don't see what is the aspect of that in dance that does that to people who like dance or into dance. I don't I, I don't know what that is. I think that there's no real answer for that because it's different for every person. For me, it's I like I I said before I love movement. So for me, it's getting to look at the movement. Well, let me put it this way: I the way I see it because I'm really into dance music. Mm-hmm. You know, you were talking about before about how I'm always going to dance events, mm-hmm. and to me, dance is that you know exactly that. It's very it could be interpreted in any way. It's about the movement. It's about how and and it, it it's a very personal thing like Mm -hmm. you can dance in a you know just like a free form you know not like doing a dance not doing ballet or contemporary or hip-hop or whatever the fuck it is right and i don't understand the i know that there's techniques in certain certain ways just like anything else but (laughs) i don't know i just don't i don't i don't get it that's okay though <laughs> there are so many people I tried who to. don't get it um and it makes our it friend Kristen get... I've been to her dance shows I oh just Kristen don't... yeah I just and I, I just I remember her love that woman it is it's hard <laughs> hi Kristen you're probably not listening um it is hard now. <laughs> now she because is because it's it's insanely well okay the let me put it this way why is it why is it more fulfilling to dance technically well than to just have fun just acting like an idiot? It's equally fulfilling for me. Like there, I, but I mean, in the general sense that there is a dance industry, there is so a, there is a, there, there's obviously a, an opinion that if you're doing that, then there's, there's something to be gained from it. That can't be had by just going out and okay. And so I think that has music. a lot to do with how. So tell me about aside from like what you've seen with like going to her performances, like your idea of dance where you get a lot of it. Like well, you you like I learned that. how to do like the Melbourne Shuffle, mm-hmm. and I tried to learn how to hock in, which is a Dutch dance, right. and I can kind of jump style, which okay. is a kind of other dance music Mm -hmm. thing and like with music it's more fun when you have the resources to do like it's more fun to be able to pick up a guitar and be able to do a lot of things on it Mm -hmm. than to just pick it up and kind of plunk around yeah but i don't i don't i don't see dance in that same way i think it's equally fulfilling to just flutter around and it may be fun that is how dance emerges or has been emerging so ballet one of like a very old form of dance it's been around for a really long time and the way that dance kind of the understandings of dance developed where people broke away from that idea and what's happening now is people are continuing to just like with music people continue to break away and like evolve music the way they try to keep evolving dance and What's happening now is because a lot of competitions getting thrown into it. The 
what are we doing it for the expressive purpose that's mm. behind it that that's what pe- makes people feel something is they find a way to relate to what's being said or they're how they're interpreting it is hitting them in some way that's kind of being lost and one of the great things that does exist in dance to be able to do that just moving is what feels good is improvisation which is when you go out and you're the same thing happens when you go out and you're dancing People are doing, like, codified things, like, very particular types of movements. And then when you're out there doing whatever you want, what makes you feel good? That's improv. You're improvising how you're moving. Instead of knowing up here what's going to happen next, it's just kind of happening in your body. Well, I mean, I can definitely say that in terms of, like, just doing a regular shuffle or, I mean, in a house, they kind of call it cutting shapes because it's a different type of... Mm -hmm. different. it's, It's more about, like, the the choice of movements versus the flow like in in hard style which is a faster dance you want to do it so it kind of looks like you're gliding whereas cutting shapes in house it's more there's more like i don't know tricks and Um, such Um, i only know some of those words because i had a an awesome teacher at school who dabbled in house he was a part of it's and i mean it's very simple and there's a like you know, like, I'm not very good at it, but I, before I, you know, went on YouTube and tried to learn the, the, like, did, like, YouTube tutorials, Mm -hmm. like, I would just kind of, I would be self-conscious, because I wouldn't know what to do, and I wouldn't be able to enjoy dancing as much, because I was self-conscious, but once I learned the basic steps, like, you don't have to be good at it, it's just a basic thing, and then you just kind of go from there, Mm -hmm. and, like, like, we'll be at the pub, and, I mean, I'm, fuck, I don't remember the last time I was dancing North at the pub. pub. Yeah, hell yeah. North Brunswick, New Jersey? Second home, yep. But we'll be there on, like, a Saturday night when they have the dance floor, they have a DJ, not a very good DJ. Pub, please up, upgrade your DJs. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, you know, something comes on, and I'll just be doing, you know, just a basic shuffle, and just doing whatever. And and it's like <laughs> I don't understand. That was a great interpretation. <laughs> I don't really sums up the pub, huh? Yeah, it was a great interpretation. I don't know. I don't understand why it needs to go beyond that. Like once you have a, enough to just kind of feel comfortable, mm-hmm. comfortable enough that you aren't in a state where you have no clue what to do. Which is why a lot of people don't like dancing. They just have mm-hmm. no... Once you get a base, oh, you could do this, and then you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want, because you just stick them here, right. and then you go there. You know? You're only, again, deviating so much from the yeah. basic movement. Then, you know, even if it's just a simple, like, two-step back and forth, you know? You'd be like, that's, that's all you need. I think that's another one of those situations where it comes down to having the knowledge about how to do it gives you superiority in the situation. Like, so think about... I'm going to go back to ballet because this is a great example of it in dance. Ballet was created as a higher, like a, for hierarchy status. Mm-hmm. Only the people who were rich and important were allowed to do it. And if you didn't know ballet, you were, you were claiming your status that way. Okay. Like, it's the same idea. Like, if you are able to go out into a group and you will know more cool dance, like, especially now, like, the dance scene, like, you can dance, outdance somebody because you can do a cooler move than they can or you have more See, passion. See, but it's not like that in the, in, in the dance music scene at all. Like yes. there is, there is but definitely that, that people who like that, but me, there's like, also what you were describing. The, no, well, that's just. Uh, I mean, I'm talking about the pub. That's not like at a okay, rave so or anything. Different. That's like okay. at a regular. 
place yeah, where people aren't used to that. But if you go to a rape, up on drugs and then everyone wants to come together in peace. Everybody you. just wants. But I no, mean, it's it's kind of true. Bullshit, no, even there, you get the kids, especially the ones who aren't like all totally gone. It's a condition for them. There, and, there and is. There. Well, I mean, okay, but that's just a, that's just a result of. I mean, you just have a group of people. There's always going to be competitive yeah, people. Exactly. But I mean, in general, you know, it's celebrated to to have fun, especially if you don't know the dance moves. You're encouraged to just kind of wiggle around and enjoy it, and like. Literally, you'll be. I, I've been like that Mysteryland festival that was at uh, the Woodstock grounds. I went there by myself. It was a uh, weekend campout festival, and I thought a bunch of people would want to go. Everybody fucking bailed because they're fucking gay. I went by myself, and I'd be regardless of what stage I was at. You know, you go and there's people that don't know each other, just kind of dancing around, and somebody will go in and be really good and do some cool shit. I'll be like, oh! And then somebody goes in and just kind of, like, has no clue what they're doing, but they're having a good time, and that gets equally as positive a reaction. So it's... There is an aspect of competition for some people, but in the general scene, that that really... It's not about doing it right and doing it well. It's about having a good time and it's about about enjoying yourself. Yeah. So that's why I don't, and, and this whole time I'm I'm still trying to compare it to music just because that's what I know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there is not, there's not so much leeway with music. There definitely is in certain areas where, if, you know, just a fun song mm-hmm. is just a, you know, but there is a lot of, especially from, you know, like the rock scene. Uh, in terms of musicality and technicality with your guitars and your drums and shit. And I, I mean... Correct me if I'm wrong. You would know better, Nick. But in the hip hop community, you know, the the it's the instrument is obviously your vocals, your use mm-hmm. of words, your use of language, and that's that's judged very harshly as well. But it makes sense to me, at least, why that happens. Because when you get something that that rises above that criticism and and surpasses the scrutiny, right. you have something. That is that has artistic value, um, and I just maybe I don't see the I I mean I know that that's what it is, but I guess I just don't see the the technical aspects of dance to be able to appreciate it on a higher level than I just have totally fucking fun. I agree with you and everything <laughs> you said, and just something. This is all so integral in our push to get dance education in schools. I'll tell you why. Dance doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be competitive and very technical and codified. Mm. It doesn't have to be one thing. And back to what you said, it's supposed to be fun. Dance is dance is for bringing joy. That's dance. Right. Dance is for bringing joy. That's the purpose of it, historically. And Or rain. Or rain. <laughs> Whatever. So it's still fun to do it. Bro, well, you know, bringing joy... <laughs> Bring rain, brought joy, because then you got to eat if the crops got over taken care of. So it all relates. But in dance education, when we start students and we get them exposed to movement, they don't have they don't learn that very codified and very strict, rigid box of what dance is as you get older in the professional world. They learn dance is a true meaning of expression. So they dance, they create their movements, they understand how their body moves, they use it to say something, to have purpose, and they make their own form of dance. 
they generate their own understanding of dance and those are people that are those are the people that we want in the dance world to make it known that dance is really for everybody it shouldn't it doesn't have to just be what you see put out there in the professional world yeah i yeah it does but i'm just again the reason i guess i see i don't know i guess i'm just biased towards music over like producing music versus dancing to it because i feel like you have to be a dancer to some level to appreciate high levels of dance whereas you don't need to know shit about music to hear a good song and know it's a good song and to be taken to the on the journey or taken to the place of the artist intended for that song i disagree on that I disagree, too. I totally disagree on that. I disagree, And what... And I think that you're right... I think you're 110% right about dance because some shit you're just like, I don't get it and I can't appreciate any of this because I can't relate to it. But I feel the same way But I can sit there and watch, say, I can watch a dance thing and be like, oh, that's great. It was amazing. And then she could be sitting next to me like, are you kidding me? Like, I found this wrong, this, 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 and this. And she pointed like 10 things. Yeah, but you're not emotionally sweat. You might think it's appealing... But you're not, um, you don't... Some not, people might be mean, no, but some other people might be emotionally swung by it. Just like with maybe. music, though, you're saying, oh, I it guess. can happen. With music, I could be like, oh my God, it's a great song, which I've done before, and you've been like, no, that shit sucks. There's this, yeah. this, right. this, this, but this I'm saying, the same situation. No, but I'm saying that for that dance that you didn't understand, like, she knows the technical mistakes mm-hmm. that were made, but you thought it looked cool. It's, it's not that... You, it's not analogous to the situation where you love a song and I just think it's shitty because you didn't love that dance. You didn't get a, an emotional reaction to that dance. You just thought it was aesthetically a cool, a good looking dance. You said I didn't. What I'm I just, did, well, I'm, I'm saying, I'm so saying I, know, I, but she still didn't because she knew. I mean, is that, a, I, is that a thing? I don't even, I don't know. I don't see that. I can't, I can't relate to that at all. To, yeah, that's the hardest part about it. He's like trying to... So you see dances that just have perfect choreography and it's just like you're swept up emotionally by the dance itself? Oh, 100%. That's the whole point of why I like it. I can also see dances where I'm like, I don't know what, I have no idea what that, I have no idea what's going on, and then still be able to appreciate it just for the movement's sake. Like, I don't know what the dance is, I don't understand what the the choreography is trying to say... I don't get what they're talking about, but I can appreciate just the physical movement that's happening on stage. But that's because I love that. You might not be infatuated with that, but I'm infatuated by that. I started, that's what I used to look at when it's I was so little, weird. before I knew anything about dance. My family used to take me to shows, like when I first, the first time I saw The Nutcracker, I hear this story all the time. I was like hanging out over the balcony, <laughs> like just not moving. I, I didn't know it, anything yet, so I guess but I was just, just infatuated by what was happening. I guess it's just different strokes, because, like, I'm not, I, I'm not a huge, huge sports fan, but, I mean, I will, like, any feat in sports mm-hmm. is, is aesthetically appealing to me, whether yeah. it's, you know, some obscure Olympic sport, or even baseball. I hate, I, <laughs> I hate baseball. Baseball is boring as fuck. Nick. But there's certain plays in baseball history that I could watch it over and over. Yeah. I'd be like, damn! Well, that's because you, you, know? can, you can really relate to that amazing accomplishment. I guess. I guess I just, I, like I said, I just don't get dance. We like... But do you think that's something that could be taught to me? Do you think if I understood the, the kinesthetics of it more or the technique that I would be able to be like... Because I think about, all right, let me compare it to like skateboarding. <laughs> I used to be huge into skateboarding, 
And, you know, it's always really cool when the, the guys who do, like, the street courses or, like, actually just, like, actual street mm -hmm. places. Like, when they're doing, you know, the kickflip and they're grinding on a rail and whatever. But if you look at, uh, like, the Tony Hawks and the, I mean, excuse me, excuse me if I'm dating myself with the Tony Hawk pro skater roster, but your Bob Burnquist, your Bob Burnquist, your Bucky Lasix, guys who do, like, the, the, the vert ramp. It, you know, when they do, like, a, a grab and a spin, it's not as exciting, but, like, like, if you didn't know anything about skateboarding, you would much rather watch a street skater all day over a vert skater, because all they're doing is going up and down, doing grabs, doing some spins, and sometimes they do some, some pretty cool shit, but for, you know... Uh, to just go up and down that ramp in itself is a skill that if you don't realize how hard it is to drop in on a vertical ramp without busting your ass, then I kind of, I don't know, I, I feel like that's maybe kind of the same thing that's going on yeah, when I, I look at dance. Yeah, I see that a lot. I mean, people, Cause and I get, that's a lot of the problem of what I think is probably happening for a lot of kids in this generation that are trying to go on to do something, whether it's skateboarding or dancing, they see something that's awesome and they instantly are so intoxicated by it that they want to learn how to do that, but they don't realize they have to do the basic skills first. Mm. So the more they're exposed to the things that are amazing and don't think, like, they can think, I'm going to learn how to do that amazing thing, but don't get exposed to the fact that that thing that looks so simple and easy has to be learned first and that's the hardest fucking part. Yeah. That's the hardest part. Because you have to figure all your shit out. Is that is that a result of our technology oh, instant 100%. gratification? <laughs> Wait, can we pause so I can go pee? I was going to say the same thing, but oh, just go. Okay. We'll, we'll, yeah. Oh, thanks. Wait, where am I going? Uh, <laughs> down the hall to the left. Okay. Oh, your place is nice. Well, thank you. She said my place was nice, if you didn't hear. Technology. I'm a big proponent of technology. I... The way yeah, I look at technology I mean, is the way... I'm a something of technology. I hear ADOJ. Proponent. I am a big proponent of technology. I think it just... it Technology is a tool. Just like any other tool. Mm -hmm. There was a... When Facebook first came out... Not like first came out. But like when it was trendy to joke about like... Oh... Someone's eating something. Bob got a Dr. Pepper. Like, what? when people would make fun of people who use Facebook by saying, oh, it's just taking pictures of your little Instagram. Just taking pictures. You know, like, obviously, it's much more dynamic than that. And, I mean, it's still funny that people actually do do that. Mm -hmm. But I see it as a tool. And the way I explain it is you can hit yourself in the head with a hammer until you're dead. But it doesn't make a hammer a bad tool. That just means you're not using it right. And the same same thing with technology and with social media. I mean, some of the some of the shit that I see people share on my Facebook, I like if that's the cream of the crop of what's in your timeline, then what the fuck mm -hmm. are you looking at? Just like that's why mine is food. Once again, like, <laughs> oh, I like that. And once again, different strokes for different folks because I like food too. But nah, I, I'm, I, my, my timeline needs to be filled with memes, and they need yeah, to be do, the most yeah, but right. But that's, that's about getting like out of your word. reality. Yeah. That's a yeah, but I mean, like you know, like you should be memes. following at you least some at least some type of political something at least some type of off-brand news source at least one just to like the whole world is at your fucking fingertips if you're all you're looking at 
is even if all you're looking at is food, which is enjoyable, and I fucking love that shit. I look at all tons of that shit. Uh, I mean, you guys have seen some of the fucking shit I've... I've Hold put. up, when it comes to food, you know what pisses me off? <laughs> when all my friends keep posting all this about food, oh, watch this, mix this, this, And they ain't gonna make shit. Making shit. <laughs> what are you gonna make and invite me over? Stop teasing me like That's that. That's thing. Because when I talk about someone like, oh, I got this, and I'm gonna do this, or oh, I got the best stink going... They show up. And I provide. And I provide. And you know what we need to do. If I talk about making something and doing that's just something, about, do it. Hey, man, that's the internet. I'm you could you could be whoever you want to be on the internet. That's the thing that's crazy about it is that people look at it. Like, I would rather get my information about that stuff, not off Facebook. I have other resources that I'll get my information about. Like, what's going on in politics? Like, those things, just because... That's how I am. I don't read about politics. it. Do you keep up with it? I don't. I okay. Care less. I'm a. This is I what hate I found it, out but it matters. It's so annoying. Amazing friend who passed matters. away a couple of years ago is that I'm not a. Pol- I don't like politics, but I'm a political person. Amen. And I never realized. I hate it politics. Until I was talking to him, and yeah, he was like asking me questions, and I was like, "No, I'm not really into politics." And he was like, "No, but you're really political." And I was like, "Well." But it made sense. Yeah, it's it's like politics, so, like, politicians, it's how, a fucking stupid game. Right. It's so like, annoying. But political issues. I don't like, but I like talking about what's po- going exactly. on. Political moral, issues are. Which are political issues. Yeah, of grave interest to me. But politics, the game. Why? Being a politician. Because like, people just start to get mad and really go into it. Well, that's oh, a, well, but that's not the, that's I, not being political. That's being involved in politics. That's being a politician. The way that we yeah. find those two words yeah. in this country is very different from what it actually means to be political. Like, dude, being, when engaged, I had being engaged in what's happening around twice, political. twice we had on uh, Bourne, a Trump supporter. I mean, kind of we're, we're Bernie supporters all the way. Now mm-hmm. we're kind of re- resolved to vote for Hillary because... Because uh, left. Yeah. As she shakes her head, you guys can't see this, I can. I feel like it is... Trying to figure out who's the lesser of the lesser of the two evils, but so then you don't vote. If that's the case, then so, but no, you this don't is the vote. problem, and that's vote for the lesser this is two. Where but there are so many people who are going to vote for the person who you feel is the greater of two evils. Right. That to not exactly. vote is that's to the strengthen problem. the vote. And then the worst part is the only way that we're going to be able exactly. to change but the way that we vote in this country is by continuing to get involved. Exactly, and because people. The electoral college kind of t- took away our involvement. And we have to show that we want to be involved. More. And what I think, especially people our age and younger, I think what they don't understand is that the, again, going back to the instant gratification, it's not going to happen overnight. Like the the Bernie or Bus people who are still saying, you know, saying you're going to vote for Jill, fucking Jill Stein in the Green Party. Like she's not going to fucking win. You're fucking retarded. I'm not saying it's good. I agree that we should fight against the system. That's why I was fucking a Bernie supporter all the way. Mm-hmm. But the two-party system ate his ass up. Yeah. And he was a strong... He was polling at, like... I don't fucking know. But he won 22 states in the primary, and he still got squashed because like a fucking bug. Because it doesn't matter what happens in those. Those are but, preconceived. Like, the, everything's preconceived. Well, it does matter. Because, it does matter, because now he won't be the president. Well, that matters. But... What, but he was never going to be the president. No. But now a lot more people are talking about it. A lot more people are aware. A lot more people are more hesitant to just buy into the two-party system. But to at the same time, it's just not... This isn't the election cycle where the whole system's going to be overturned. It's just, I mean, at this point, we did... We, we made our moves. We 
brought up, you know, socialism. Now, in four years, a democratic socialist can run and the whole communism thing won't even come up because we will just, every, anytime that comes up, Bernie Sanders, boom, that part's done. That's step one. So now it, it like, change in government and in politics is incremental. We had that. That's a big thing. Unless somebody fucks up royally and... That's the other thing. That's the scary part. Revolution is a different thing. Revolution happens uh, much more quickly. What? Congress can veto people out, too. Congress is fucking a lockbox. They're trying to keep their shit locked down. They're not trying to have it. That's another thing. People, you know, talking about... Like, exactly. Okay. Perfect point. The Bernie or Bust people want to still boycott Hillary because of this, that, whatever. And again, I'm not saying I love her or hate her. And I'm, you know, it's still relatively early, but that's where I stand right now. But, uh, you know, uh, being practical and saying that Hillary or Trump, one of those are going to be president and we're probably slightly better off with Hillary than, yeah, yeah, than... (laughs) Uh, that's that's where I'm gonna go. But to say, oh, you're still buying into the system, whatever. Well, yeah, I understand that. But the system is strong. That to not to go against the current, really, you know, Gary Johnson likes to say, uh, you know, that it's not throwing away your vote to vote third party. It's throwing away your vote to vote for somebody who you don't believe in. Mm. That's all well and good to say. That's a nice little soundbite. But. I'm not going to vote for Gary Johnson because Gary Johnson is not going to fucking be the president. Right. I'm not going to vote for Jill Stein because Jill Stein is not going to fucking be the president. And it's not because I'm saying that she's not going to be the president. It's just a fact of reality that there's enough people supporting either party, major party candidate that even if Gary Johnson or Jill Stein were to be to come in second, there's no fucking way that either of them would beat both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. It's just not. It's not practical to think that that's a reality. So you take you take your win. You fucking, you know, Bernie did well. He went pretty far. I don't. I literally just don't. I don't trust either of them, honestly. I just. It's so difficult. It's so difficult because on on some capacities, I want to say like, yeah, I can trust her maybe here, and then on some capacities for him, I could say. You've done really well in this. You would do this well for the country, too. But there are so many other bad things that are reaming, like, uh, into them in different areas. Donald's a lot stronger than she is, in my opinion. Stronger in what? Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. No, he's not. He's not at all. He's a very weak person. He's very thin-skinned. He's like a child. He's very emotional. He's not strong at all. In what way is he strong? Because he yells? That's not strength. No, I see both of them as very little people compared to the giant that I expect to lead this country. That's a good way to put it. But unfortunately, that giant is not an option. Right, and it's not because no one's leading. Nobody wants to fuck. What a horrible fucking job that's got to be. The fact that we know that we want that giant. But the people who actually pick the electoral college are the people oh, that, at the end of the God. day, that's where the that's the bef- years before the election even happens, they know who's going to be president because they've been feeding into this electoral college, and at the end of the day, those are the people that get to decide what's happening. Whoever yes, gives them the most money, <laughs> right? And they can get oh my God, 
<laughs> like the it's, whole idea of how it run, and this is what I'm saying. This is one of the key factors that I'm saying. Going back to as a society and as humankind, we have developed so much further than what our forefathers had oh, in the absolutely. plan for the way that our government should work. So why, in God fucking sakes, are we still following yep. what they did back absolutely. then? Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, again, to I don't understand. Again, to parrot, <laughs> uh, to parrot Joe Rogan. The idea of a representative government was for a time when if you live in, you know, let's say we've expanded to where the the Midwest is. If you live in the Midwest, in order to get your opinion, your thoughts to Washington, D.C., you need to fucking write it on a piece of paper and put it on horseback and fucking bring it there. We don't need a representative government. And again, this is coming from Joe Rogan. I'm not that smart to come up with this, but... We don't need a representative government because we all have the means to just represent ourselves. Do and we? we the internet is right there. And and then, you know, you talk about repre- not needing representation and and uh, he, he always brings this up in the same in, in the same breath that like uh, countries like Holland, they don't have a two party system. They have like eleven major party candidates that you choose from and it's a just a much wider view politically of the types of political philosophies that are available to follow and it ah it america is just so weird that way like so, i mean i don't know going back to what you weird. said about so the purpose behind it right the people who helped organize it their their viewpoints on what was happening I love how everything connects to something else. Those were the people yeah, that we can were. Jump those are the matter. people that were knowledgeable at the time. They had access to education. Right. Exactly. They had that access too. to the resources that they needed to learn. They got the knowledge. They could Their read. They could write. Was They're... to make sure that government was only being run by the people who had the knowledge. Right. So to part of what's happening in in the the bullshit of the way that things are running is that. They continue to perpetuate and justify the use of this system because it still divides who has the knowledge and who doesn't. And the uh, part of the problem is that we all could have the knowledge because exactly. it's all there, but, but we prefer to take selfies. But and- think about... <laughs> think, okay, first of all, we talked about like, the media and what you're really getting and the knowledge you get from your technology. Depending, So what's outright in front of you instead of having to look... Right. But that's something you have to be taught, is that mm-hmm. you can look for it, right? right? So now let's go back to, is it really fair? Is everyone getting equal opportunity for education in this country? No. And learning how to do that research aside from just seeing what's put in front of you? No, absolutely not. That's it's even, I mean, you think about even people who are privileged, even people who, go, who are going to colleges. Now they have these safe zones and trigger mm-hmm. words and, you know, you know there's... Uh, a lot of comedians who don't even play colleges anymore because ideas are deemed, you know, they untouchable, and you can't talk about them, you can't make fun of them. You can, mm. Like the college of all places is supposed to be where you can you can explore and challenge these ideas, but it I, I, I don't know. I think it was. What's that? It's so supposed to be a place. No, that, no, man. It's supposed it, to be a place that cultivates questions. Yeah, that's you, the, that's uh, the best college classes are ones where the professor encourages you to call him on bullshit because or call other students on their bullshit. 
and just just call out bullshit and just be real about whatever it is you're talking about. If you're talking about literature and you're going on some pretentious rant and somebody's like, that's fucking bullshit. You're just fucking feeding into your own ego by thinking that you understand something. That's, that should be encouraged. Be- whether you're right or you're wrong, because then the other person should be able to come back and say, no, I'm not being pretentious. You're just a fucking moron and you don't see what's going on here. And then, you know, that freedom of ideas, the marketplace of ideas is supposed to thrive in college. That is what it was made for. That's why we go to college. I mean, now we just go somewhere to get fucked up and fuck bitches. <laughs> in my, in, in the way I think about it, there are two factors that are stopping that. The fact that nothing in education supports that environment except mm-hmm. college. Because and yeah, and when kids. you grow up, at least for, for me, my perspective was the teacher, aside from some amazing teachers that I had, 90% of it was... The teacher I'm knows the, everything. I'm the holder of all the knowledge. You're mm-hmm. the one who's going to learn it. I'm going to teach it to you. You're going to remember it. That was That's how I saw a lot of it. It's a rote, yeah, rote memorization. The second thing is, those were people that were in the field that were supposed to be educators, right? And only a few of them were actually teaching in that way. Education's developed a lot since then. Mm. And now educators are trying to get, there's trying to be more of that in the system, but it's a progress. Like you said, change is a progress. It takes progress and time. And the teachers that are in secondary schools, think about your college experience. Did you ever have anybody teaching a class that was actually a teacher? What do you mean? That had a degree and studied teaching. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I or did assume you have so. a teacher who just studied that area and mostly had a lot of I knowledge just... about that area, but just because they know about it doesn't yeah. mean they know how to teach it to other people. Yeah. And it's still that that's why it's still the environment where it's I'm the holder of all mm. the knowledge and you're gonna learn the knowledge and you're not gonna question me because that's insulting. Instead yeah. of the idea of what education is and what an educator's role is being opened up to helping encourage you to explore and get your own knowledge and by your own means. Definitely, it has a, it has a, it has so much to do with ego and it status does. and but fucking. Isn't that just a reflection of what's going on in our country? Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And that's what it all ties back to. Um, I don't. I mean, then you bring into I, but. I don't think, I mean, we're getting all fucking dark and gloomy, but <laughs> I think, I think there's hope because I think oh, I society works in its, its patterns, its swings. Mm-hmm. It's like a pendulum effect. We went from, we're, we're at the, op, I mean, this is the way I see it. I don't, for what the fuck do I know? I could be completely wrong, but I see it kind of as the pendulum was at the opposite end, kind of in the early sixties mm-hmm. and, you know, at the height of the civil rights movement. And now it kind of swung in the other way where we're tolerating intolerance and you can't talk about fucking how fucking ridiculous Islam is without offending every Muslim because people don't know the fucking difference between an ideology and a person. Mm. And, <laughs> sorry. They need substance to hold on to. And, and, you know, this whole thing with trigger words and safe zones and political correctness and social justice warriors and you have to stand during the national anthem. Right. Because this is a fascist country where you have to do exactly what we say you should do. Like, we're just in that opposite swing where we're trying to be so... is respectable. National anthem is respect. Right. I mean, I and you have every... But... Allegiance and all that shit either, but it's like... It's respect. But it's... That's the funny thing about our country is that 
we say all of the ideals of what we are and then we don't live up to those ideals and the national anthem supports believing in those ideals of what we are yeah and in, and in, or, and, and the constitution that, as well you know you know it's the same people who will fight to the death for their guns talking about the second amendment and then as soon as you say something they don't like they forget that the first amendment was there first that's right. why it's first like it's the same fucking people it's the no, same fucking right. people and it's so misguided it's mm-hmm. so disingenuous like you're just using a prop for your own your your own agenda you don't believe in what you're saying you don't believe in the fact that the constitution is such a, a a great thing and i mean it is and it isn't it is in the sense that it set up a great foundation and it's great because it has amendments and that it can be amended mm-hmm. it's not in the sense that it wasn't written perfectly and it doesn't uh, what was appropriate then isn't necessarily appropriate now right. and that's the i think that's the the problem is that we get very uh we get very as humans and in a, especially in the very chaotic lives that we lead we look for something that we can hold on to and we look for a constant in something and the only way that we're going to be able to progress and get better is if we keep facing changes, but people are so against that because they want to hold on to the only constant that they might have. So if the way that things are now, if knowing that you can rely on this government because it is and it has been and it's something that you can really attach mm. to, you're afraid of letting that change. People are terrified of change, but change is the only thing that's actually constant Yeah. if um, you want to keep growing. I I think it's even more fundamental than that. I don't oh, sure. I don't think people even see it that far. I mean, there was a meme I just I just saw the other or card yeah it was like a called a meme slash cartoon, um, but it was like Donald Trump standing in front of a crowd saying America's not great and everyone's like yeah and Colin Kaepernick in front of the same crowd yeah, saying that. America's not great and everyone's like boo get the fuck out nigger yeah Colin Kaepernick's white. People are still fucking calling him nigger, though. It is a joke to me, that's why. No, but it should be. It should be. This should be a fucking joke because it's fucking ridiculous that people give that much of a shit over... Yeah, it's respectful to stand. That's why most people do it. But if you don't, then you fucking don't. Okay, don't fucking stand. I don't give a shit. I'm, I feel respectful. Yeah, right, yeah, don't bother me. You stand but it all right. comes back I'm to how though. attached they are. To, like, <coughs> people are attached to something, that's it. They're attached to it. You're not going to be able to change... They're going to defend it. No, I'm good. Maybe I got to drive. They're, they're yeah, going to defend it if they hold on to it, right? That that goes into the psychology of why you believe what you believe. And why you why you follow and why you get defensive. So you defensive. believe traditions should be broken then? No, I don't at all. I think that people need to practice I do. their attachment to what tradition I believe, they have. I believe tradition can be broken. There's value in tradition. There's value in culture. There's value they in... They don't necessarily need to break. They just need to... Change. Yeah, they need to get but better. They need to that grow. doesn't mean that every tradition. I, I mean, there it goes case by case basis. There are some ritualistic practices that are valuable. I mean, mm-hmm. going back to fucking, we were talking about DMT and ayahuasca. That's a spiritual practice mm-hmm. that has value. People get real value out of taking ayahuasca and doing an. It's a, we were just I fucking know, talking about this. Of that, but I don't it's it's a plant that contains the active ingredient of DMT. I think I'm saying that. Is this right. the one that you drink the? Is this? Uh, this is yeah. Okay. You make it into a tea. It's a uh, Amazon. I think it's. Do you okay? We have to I haven't it. done it, but do you watch 
Have you ever seen that late night show that Chelsea Lately does on Netflix? Netflix? I saw it once. I and watched it was... like three different episodes of it, and one of them was on that. I was like, why does that sound familiar? Was it when she was talking to the dude from... There was some dude. She went, but she went. She recorded the whole thing. Oh, like, she went and did it? Yeah. Oh, really? That's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know. It was kind of one of her trip. <laughs> yeah. And then she also did a really funny episode where she got everyone, like, high at dinner. Like, she hired a catering company to get everyone high, like, through the courses of dinner, and they all, like, talked about drugs. Also very interesting. I mean, that's a whole nother... That's, that's a whole... A charge of your parts <laughs> that is my friend. <laughs> what? Not if you're in Colorado or Washington or yeah. where else is it? If you forcibly, you just got some high, that's fucking... Not no, forcibly. For- they were her friends. She's like, y'all come over and get high. Yeah, but did they know they were getting yeah. high? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think so. Oh, well, just, well, you I'm made sure they did. Like, no, 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 she didn't just randomly get like some experiment. I would be the one you imagine? It, No, I don't think that Netflix would buy that episode of my house. Yeah, right? Um... But yeah, that was, it was just, yeah. Illegally she drugging people. You never know. You never know. <laughs> she goes with her friends and she, um, she does it. And she, like, yep. like, records the whole process when she's in her little yurt in the middle of the woods. I don't know. that Ayahuasca kind of scares me, but I would do DMT. Like, DMT is just, like, a very concentrated form of it. And, like, ayahuasca is, like, a five-hour trip. And it's like a you yeah. know a big arc, like a five, but you smoke time. you take a couple supposedly I never done it. Five hours feel like fucking five weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Well, even more so when you do DMT. Supposedly you just take a couple hits, a couple big hits out of like a bowl or something, and um, it's like a twenty minute trip. But it feels like it's just like. <sighs> You just get shot like out of a rocket into this crazy fucking Boy, trip. He took a video of him doing it and posting on Facebook, and he probably just was fucking sitting there, just like wide eyed or just it's like, like a seven minute video, and he's fucked up for like five six minutes, and he's like, and then you just come and crash him. You was like, holy shit, what yeah, the fuck just like, happened? He's like, dude. I mean, dude. I can't even imagine. Like I've like I've been on acid where you kind of come. I wouldn't in. want to do something like that. I, I would want to experience it just to see. I feel like I don't need to because we're you watching. Do you remember any of it? Yeah, All that's right. the thing. See, I mean, I'd be cool with that. Like, it's a hell of an experience, but if it's rough, you, they like, say that you shit, remember it. Changes some people. Oh, absolutely. Okay. They say you remember it, but it's in terms of articulating it, it's very hard to. Right. Well, it's like when it, you wake up from a dream and you're like, "I know what happened, but I can't tell you." Well, I mean, I'm I the. the I've done acid a couple times, and I after my first trip, I was like, everybody should do acid at least once before they die. Mm. And after my second trip, I was like, you really haven't really lived until you've done acid, or at least some type of hallucinogenic. Yeah. Like, there's just a whole other plane. There are multiple other planes of consciousness mm. that are just well, available, just like... Wasn't there, um... And I mean, you can get there through meditation there, like, and whatever. About that, that mo- the movie Joy, right? Wasn't it about like how like we only actually access like three percent of our consciousness of our brain, and That's she has this whole thing where she like taps and it's just curious to think about that because when you think about the capacity of what your mind is able to do oh, already, like you wonder if there's yeah. things that we're not. Well, it de- I mean, definitely, there's absolutely uh, factors, factors, and abil- like abilities that we have. As humans, right. that most people are simply unaware of or are not conscious of. Mm. Like we were talking about before, you could, I mean, for the most part, you know, like, let's say you're watching a good movie. You're not 
you you kind of lose that you know just like in meditation or mm-hmm. whatever where you kind of lose that separation between self and, and you know this subject and object right and everything kind of becomes you when you're watching a movie you're just watching the movie and you're not really aware of yourself mm-hmm. and it was really cool because uh sam harris was doing a uh, a talk and he was talking about i think he was talking about just consciousness he might have been talking about free will but anyway he was just he was just talking about, you know, when you're watching a movie. Mm-hmm. And he was like, even right now, you you were probably just listening to me talk. But mm-hmm. now that I mentioned that you're sitting in the audience, you're probably much more aware of your physical. Right. And it's like, so you, even if people aren't aware of it, you there's, oh, there's, like, it's so hard to articulate. But there's other states of consciousness mm-hmm. that are so much more rewarding than our day-to-day, like, internal monologue yeah, kind of... Yeah, I agree with you completely. And, and I would say, I'm, I mean, I haven't met most people, but I would assume most people are not even aware that that exists. I agree with you. I, that's, I feel that way when I watch dance, and I feel that way when I'm dancing. So I totally agree. And I, another reason why I really like yoga and why I really want to get yoga and dance out to everybody is because it helps you re- kind of realize that there's more going on and there's more awareness, levels of awareness that you can have. Being connected to your body, bodily awareness is something. Being aware of your thoughts and having like self-awareness in that sense is another set level that we can go to. And a lot of people, because they don't have those connections, people never think about their breath throughout the day. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so somebody brings it up and then you're really aware of it. But it's like those kinds of things that we take for granted are the things that are really important in the sense of getting even further. Who the fuck is that? Uh, oh. <laughs> Actually, the fuck can is we, here? are we, can we, like, yeah. chill so I can All right. too? Well, thank you for coming out. I guess that's a good stopping point. Um, go follow me. Brittany at Connect and Flow Yoga on Instagram, and do you have other yeah. channels? Yeah, um, we're on Facebook. Uh, we're on the web, right on my website. So if you search for my name, it should come up. Brittany Cohen. Be happy to have you and help you find a happy and healthier version of yourself. Weird. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming out. As always, make sure you guys. Pizza. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Keep oh, this fuck. Tuned. I'm Keep gonna. Everything. I'm gonna. Yeah, we're gonna go eat. But make sure you go subscribe to All Really on YouTube and iTunes, and go look at my blog on AllReally.com. You could donate to us at Patreon.com/AllReally, or we have the Believe Nothing Foundation, which is currently raising money for the Richard Dawkins Foundation for Reason and Science. Yeah. You can go to uh, GoFundMe.com slash Believe Nothing. Uh, or, sorry, it's slash Believe Nothing Foundation. Um, and we don't take any of that money. That All that money goes to whatever uh, charity we are raising money for at the time. Right now it's that. But once we hit our goal, we'll be moving on. But we don't take any of that money. So if you want to pay us and make sure we can keep bringing you a good show, go to the Patreon. Until next time, thank you to Brittany and thank you once again to Nick for filling in. Later on, guys. Oh,
Oh, my God.